0: The Net Live is brought to you by the Spire Institute. Integrating sports and education, training and learning, performance and competition like no place on earth. SpireInstitute.org. Now, on with the show.
1: It's that time.
2: This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real
3: time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year, I'm looking at the next
2: four years. You're listening to The Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. Peter, there's no better angle for sure uh, than the one from behind you. Reeves. All this travel and playing and priorities has been really getting in the way of our relationship. And DJ Ruscha. I have great thighs. It's the Net Live right now. Uh, there
4: is no better angle than the one from behind. And that was proven again when you watched the National Championship game, Barney. Welcome. The camera angles from the backside are phenomenal. Welcome the whole game.
0: to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. That Kevin Barnett sitting in a full home court. Jeremy Roche, as you can tell, because the music is back, the intro is back, that he's in house doing his job. We took away his microphone, though, we handed it to someone much better looking. Certainly taller. <laughs> Kelly Tennant, welcome to the Net Live.
5: Thanks. This I, is awesome and I have great size. Sorry.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love that you can't talk over there. I, I love <laughs> that you're
0: sitting next the best, there's no question the best, best angle is from behind. Yeah. And you I look over mean, at
4: him fair. like, what? I just needed for her to know that I meant. I just muted all of you for a half second so you know how much power
6: <laughs> I have. I wondered had. what I happened to yeah, my second.
4: head. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted her to know what I meant. I mean, the camera angles sure. in volleyball, our sport, is better from the jib in the end zone. That's what that meant. Well, but of course. Okay.
0: I want her to know that yeah. I, yeah, I, I meant you had to win the championship every year or you weren't doing a good job. Okay. Is that the dumbest thing you've ever heard?
5: It is actually the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Sure.
0: Kelly Tennant, welcome to The Net Live. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for sitting in. We've needed a female voice for a long time on this show, and we hope to have you and uh, not offend you totally today
5: uh, and drive you don't away. Don't offend me too much, and don't be too inappropriate. Remember that I've known Geeter since I was like 10 years old, so he's sort of like a father figure mentor in my <laughs> yeah. yeah. life. Yeah, oh, by the way. He can't say too
0: inappropriate. Oh, so it, it could have been a, like coach marrying the player kind of situation. She Had called been, me yeah. a father figure one time when we were
4: uh, on the road during an ESPN game. She was you know, explaining to our producer how she knew me. She's like, I knew Gator when I was like 10, and he was like 40 already. and It was really weird. He's like a father to me. I'm like, dude, I'm not that old. I mean, like, come on. Let's be honest. When you're 10, anything over 20 seems like 40. Yeah, super
0: old. I know. Hey, the show today, we have a huge one for you. It's going to be the last one of the year. We're going to take off uh, Christmas and New Year's because, you know, we don't work holidays around here. But we will be back in the new year. This, today's show, we have Jared Elliott, national champion.
4: We can finally say Jared Elliott, national champion, calling in.
0: Jared Elliott of the National Champion, Texas Longhorns, will call in. We'll have the College Volleyball Weekly, last one of the year, wrap-up for women's volleyball. Of course, they'll be back for men's in January. We also have the Netty Awards, our fourth annual end-of-year awards, a variety of categories, best athlete, male, female, indoor beach, uh, most influential event of 2012, what will be the biggest headline of 2013, looking forward, and a bunch of other great categories that I can't remember.
4: Eric Sullivan will he, will he call in now that he has a national championship? Remember, no, he's going to wait for your introduction. Historically, for and I know we have a lot of fans out there that have listened to us uh, with lots of loyalty in their hearts over the years. Eric Sullivan used to call in every single Monday, not as a guest, just to call in and bug us because he yeah. was working in his office, and then he went to Texas. Well, there's more to do, in Austin. and he never called us ever they again. Kind.
5: Big time. So
0: we're hoping that today maybe he makes time for us. Well, there's more to do in Austin. I think that's his biggest problem is that he has just a fuller schedule. When you're in Lincoln, you're at the office or you're at home. What else are you can do in Lincoln?
4: Did Jay win the fifth fifth man award for the Netty last year? Who who was our fifth man? Was, I think it was Rosenthal? I think right?
0: it was Rosenthal? What's maybe check- it was Jay the year before. Yeah.
4: I need a list of who won, who who's won those. Awards uh,
0: you know, I'm looking back. I need to find out. Reed was supposed to send us that, but he's in Turkey and apparently they don't have internet access over there. <laughs> So, hey, final four this past weekend, along with convention. We had convention. We did a special yep. show on Friday from convention. had a lot of people sit in. Uh, ben Badipa Memba, we had Steve Lindecki, we had Hugh McCutcheon, we had all kinds of people. Uh, great job by Jen Fry coming on and, and adding a little crazy early on. That was fun. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Shall I try, try crazy somewhere else? We're all sold out here. You know Jen Fry? You know, I don't. I mean, I know who she is. Oh, man.
0: We don't like exchange text messages. Instagram. You you can sit around and drink Malibu and Coke with her all night long.
4: Yeah, so Malibu and Coke is your drink of choice, I found out. And I I don't know if you should have let that out. (laughs) I feel like that. that
0: I take take endless grief. The way Kelly looked at you and you
4: said that about 10 minutes ago was appalling. Embarrassing to be your friend, Barney.
0: Oh, you know, I'm I'm not
4: concerned. (laughs) 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 Embarrassing (laughs) to (laughs) be. Kelly, here's Matt Gardhoff. He's posting your. When you good. hosted the Netties. Well, you like an that.
7: amazing red carpet host. You like that. You Barbie, saw that
4: today. I look
5: fantastic. She's
0: <laughs> like, look how thin I look. <laughs> I look.
5: So good. My hair was shiny.
0: Your microphone was gigantic, though. It's like you were wearing one of these studio mics. Like, not to tear <laughs> apart accessory. Gardoff. Gardoff knows now he has to do a a collage for every show. Because the last two weeks, he has done a TNL in collage form and posted on our Facebook page. Oh, nice. It's been fantastic. Mount Russmore last week. Actually uh. put... Russ Rose on Mount Rushmore it was fantastic. <laughs> and he's,
4: he's – he's it still is Russ Moore until further notice. I mean, Russ Rose – You're not getting, putting Jarrett up there
0: after one? He needs a couple no, more.
4: No, he needs a couple more. Okay, a but I've always told Jarrett that he would be like Roy, Roy Williams. I mean, he came close so many times, and I know he was getting just depressed about not getting a national championship. But I told him once he gets one, he'll definitely end up with a couple. You know what I mean? There's no question about it. In a few years from now, he'll have two or three. And, you know, they they do a great job of recruiting and and training. And I think that's what I was so happy about Texas. They they, they, they don't just recruit great players. They make. They make great players. They turn
7: athletes into great players. Yeah, and
4: that's what people don't give them credit for because people don't coach and they're not in the gym. Right. Uh, But they sit on the websites and they they knock you and they, they hammer you about, oh, you can only recruit. That, that that makes no sense. You don't go to Final Four after Final Four without being able to put it together and coach. And by the way, the last I checked, part of recruiting is coaching. So it all goes hand in hand. But, I mean, I watched that team in August. I did a couple matches for the Longhorn Network. I mean, they were also the most improved team in the country. They were nowhere close to national championship ready back in August and early in September. And I know you did some games too, Barney. There's no question about it. And the way Bailey Webster has come around, uh, Hannah She's Allison set watch. in what she did as a senior. Cat Bell's one of the most remarkable hey. stories in all of volleyball. Did she blew out her ACL and MCL last, what, November, October? Yeah, right, in the tournament. So I quickly. mean,
0: it's, it's amazing. Shadare does not get enough credit.
8: No. Not at all. And, she was the it's blue hard. last year.
0: It, yep. And it's hard when you have Webster and you have um, Haley Ackerman on there, on the floor. It's hard to ha- have... All that get around. You're not just talking Texas the entire broadcast, yeah. basically. But to watch Shadair pass on the left, run a slide, slide on, on the right, right, and kill it with authority. Let me tell you Go, something. That's gnarly.
4: Last year, they were very good. Rachel Adams in the middle. Shader on the very first match against Pepperdine, tricked out her knee and missed an, like 10 or 11 matches. Came back and was never quite the same. When she started to get into her groove, Cat Bell blew out hers. So that team last year missed Shader. I mean, she was never really the same, but this year she was strong again, she was healthy, she was explosive, uh, and she was, a, what a great senior. Well, you what, can, you yeah. can
5: always tell when she walked on the floor, she set the standard for the team, and I had a couple Longhorn matches, and I said this every single match, <clears throat> she sets the standard, and when she comes out and she's on, everyone else just elevates yeah. their game, and they look so much more calm and comfortable.
4: I, isn't that just a great senior to have on your team? Oh, it's yeah. not your superstar, per se, but it's your glue. You have to have the glue. You know what I mean? It's the glue, and it's really the one that just keeps you nice and steady, Freddie, who the girls look up to, they want to win for. What are you smiling about over there, buddy? Oh, because no, you're the glue? Even, you want ask. to be the glue for don't us? Don't even ask. Jay Rochet's the glue.
0: Hey, I found the Netties from 2009, but I, I have to find Netties from last year. But first, we have to have a formal apology on this yeah. program. I'm not sure why. Me neither. I, I know. That's, you don't remember. That's good. So okay, here's the scene. Kelly and I do a what match. What did you do now? Kelly and I do a match. Oh God! In Washington. Oh. This past year. I got to be honest. Oh, I thought the that. match. I thought the match was later. Okay. <laughs> and I showed up later. I, I showed up too late. I was a little frazzled. At the start. You showed up late to a match. A
5: little frazzled. You should have seen his hair. My in the hair back. in the back was he sticking out. Like
4: Hold on. Just I want up. you to stop for a second. How late was he for the match? Did he not... stand up? Did he miss the open? No, party?
5: no, 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 he was, like, 40 no. Forty no, no. minutes late to call time. No. That's yeah. Not. <laughs>
0: Because I was in my hotel cruising along. Everything was fine. I'd gotten in late, and I'm just happy as can be. I'm thinking – because originally the match was like 1 o'clock or something. It was 1
5: o'clock, and they moved it to 11 a.m.
0: Right, and I had, I had just had it in my calendar and figured it was okay, and I hadn't checked any of the emails they sent me or whatever. And all of a sudden, I look at – I'm like, oh, I need to check where it's at. And I'm checking the emails, and I, and I look, and I see the time. I'm like, holy crap.
4: A man really? I look at my play. watch.
0: It's like an hour and a half. That's
4: a man trying to burn the candle at both ends. I'm like,
0: uh, yeah. whoa. I, so I quick threw my – I didn't take a shower or nothing. I threw in, tried to flatten the hair. There's no way You know why you it. don't
4: need to apologize to her? Because it would have been the best thing that ever happened, or she would have done play-by-play and color without you. This is I not mean, the apology. And it probably would have been better, the better the for the I
0: broadcast. Hold on. That's not oh. the apology. The broadcast went fine. Yeah, right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> on my end, at least.
0: <laughs> Kelly was really good. I was frazzled. Kelly was really good. <laughs> so after the match, hanging around this staff, we go to the parking lot. We're going to say goodbye. I go to say goodbye to her. I go to give Kelly a hug just to say goodbye, and I reach around her and I have my bag on. She has her bag on. My hand skips off the back of her bag and ends up like on the top of your butt. What? Yeah, I'm glad you didn't notice. I, I am.
5: Because
0: appalled. I I right get now. and my hand skips and I hit her butt. I'm like, what? as a father figure to her, I am pissed.
9: <laughs>
0: I literally I was like, what the fuck did I just do, like. Oh, I just dropped a clock. Oh, my
9: God. That was your
5: first F-bomb. That's
0: my first F-bomb on the net line.
5: He's really frazzled Did by he just
0: throw out an F-bomb That's on our crazy. show? I'm glad you don't remember. No, it wasn't your grades. My hand was there, and I did not... Like, I gave you a, a squeeze. I did not squeeze it. I'm like, whoa. My
4: butt a Whoa. Dude, no, I dude, 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 dude. Time out. At 10-10, wow. 10 minutes into the show, an F-bomb has been dropped twice by Kevin Barnett, the fourth in the history of the show.
0: That is awesome. The seal Reed, was broken by Gervais.
4: Reed is going to completely panic. <laughs> I could not be happier. I, I think this is where the show should be going. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Merry effing Christmas. By the way, last show of the year and maybe the last show of all time. Kelly, thanks for joining
0: us. Yep. So, Kelly, I'm sorry. I in a in a. Uh, my
4: question is this: How long did you leave the hand there?
0: Well,
5: clearly not long enough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Through the hug, but I did not squeeze. I realized where my hand was, and, and I you think felt like I like Do I even mention this? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then I, I we're, it was just kind of quick. You were rushing your car. It was, it was raining. Well, yeah. and
5: then he wonders. Why <laughs> it was Washington. I don't hang out with him afterwards while we wait. For yeah, her. I was like, yeah, exactly. "Hey, let's hang it's, out." He touched my butt. <laughs> exactly. She's like, This guy's weird. <laughs> Weirdo.
9: Totally harassed.
5: Yep. Wow. God. I
9: we digress for a good for reason. Yeah, matches, that, was, you know? that was.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, and strangely, they canceled the rest of my Pac-12 matches. I, it was odd. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So You're Kelly forgiven. Tennant. Kelly Tennant, I'm sorry. It is okay. By the way, I got a great
4: thing on the because people are freaking out on your F-bomb, but Brian McDermott hadn't listened to a show in about a year, and he said, I clearly picked the right time <laughs> to be able to make it back again. I think that might be the uh,
0: the blog of the year right there. That was, that was perfect from Brian. In, in other contribu- controversial Barnett news, and this is a discussion that I know we were going we to have. What a way to
4: end 2012, a show about
0: you. We're going to get to everybody else. <laughs> the All-American Banquet. I went to Louisville to host the All-American <clears throat> yes. Banquet at the all american banquet it's it's a fun event by the way I've been there three years now. great event i I could only wish the men's game would ever approach <sighs> anything that like be that. so fun anything like it they put all the all Americans on the stage there it's a huge dinner there's a thousand people in the room. It's great, so they bring me in to ask questions of the women after they get announced as all Americans all the first teamers and the players of the year from the different levels and they have me ask interview questions in lieu of speeches which I think it's worked out. Most people that, that uh, I think give feedback have said it works out because uh, you get to learn a little bit about the kids. So the whole time that we're, we're doing this, I show up in Louisville, and even before I'm getting emails, don't ask Carly Wopat anything about her sister. I got an email that said, just in case this was the plan, don't ask her anything. That was the email I got on okay. back on <laughs> Monday. And What were and your I, thoughts going into it? I already had a question for her. Okay. And I had put a lot of thought into how to address the situation uh-huh. with her sister, Sam. And I emailed back. I said, look, I said a variety of things. But I said, I think that this decision should be up to her. Lots of times, universities and organizations are trying to protect the kids without ever asking the kid. Right. I mean, this <clears throat> is a young adult. Sure. Ask her. Don't, don't have Stanford tell me. I want to hear from her. So I said, ask her. Carly, I said, look, I had a question for her. This is the question. The question that I had was, how much is your sister still with you and with this team every day? Mm. Because a the, great question. Mm-hmm. The, the initials are on the uniforms. Mm-hmm. It, it was something we never addressed when we did matches. Right. But everyone knows. And here Carly is an All-American in the sport that she participated in with her sister. And it's very much a part of her life. If it was just a kid who had lost the sister in that fashion and it, the sister wasn't a volleyball player, wasn't associated with the same program. Wasn't If it wasn't all that stuff, I think I would have not even addressed it. But I thought, hey, this is this is a part of her experience.
5: Mm-hmm. And the whole team.
0: And the whole team. Right. And so I, I sent that email back, and I said, ask yeah. Carly. I want to hear from Carly. I want to offer her a chance to say something positive about her sister yeah, and, that's a, that's and her part of that, in that that's experience. That's a good point by
4: you, and I'm glad you explained that, because when you and I were talking about before the show, I was kind of going, I, I don't know if I would have gone there. So I'm, uh, that's,
0: that's a good way to do it. So they asked Carly. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, well, that's going back and forth. I got an email back right before I left on Wednesday that said, hey, we think it's okay with Carlin with her mom. It, it, it's kind of going in the right direction. We'll give you final um, okay when we talk to Denise Corlett, assistant coach. Yeah. Okay, fine. So I travel to there. And now I'm getting static from several people inside of the Stanford organization. Oh, really? Other people that I'm talking to. Are you going to ask about this? You shouldn't ask about this. I get two different people from the ABCA, independent of who I was already talking to. Don't ask about this. It's not to be mentioned. And I'm like, I was asking my friends, I'm like, you know, what do you think? They're like, no, you you shouldn't mention it. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. I'm like, look, it's not up to me. It shouldn't be up to me. I'm not grandstanding on this, but, and I don't want to embarrass anybody or take away the moment. I said, but really it ought to be up to her. The question should be to her. Do you want Sam to be included in your All-American Award? Yeah. Is that something you want? And the issue came down to her and her mom because her mom was going to be there. Okay and everyone tells me that her mom and, and is struggling more than Carly at this point gotcha wow. and i don't having having watched my grandmother lose one of my uncles even in midlife and she said to me she said it's it's never okay never
5: no you
0: it never it, get over it no it never heals it's not yeah. like anything else it never heals it's unnatural for a a child to die before the parent right they never get over it no um and so we had this discussion i went and i got to the all american banquet early Carly was aware. I just kind of pulled Carly aside and said, "Hey, th- I don't. We don't have to do this. It's up to you. I, I'm not married to any of it. I wanted to offer you the chance to address your sister in your all-American moment. Mm-hmm. Is that something you want to do?" And she said, "Yeah, I do." Wow. And I and I had gone out to the audience also after that. I I went and talked to mom, and I said, "You know, I, I talked to Carly. I know you said it was okay. I wanted to come over and meet you and just explain to you that I wanted to offer Carly this opportunity." and it's not about me. I, I just thought it was about you guys and not about Stanford or the ABCA or the other half a dozen people that told me.
5: It's bigger than all of them.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's up to you guys. Right. And, and if you're okay with it, Carly said it's something she'd like to do. And her mom said, well, there shouldn't be any follow-up. Or anything. I said, No, there's no follow-up. No. This, <laughs> is, not, this is not like you know, uh, Barbara yeah. Walters. We're not looking for somebody to cry. We're just looking for an answer and that's it. And so I, I asked her kind of the same Questions I normally ask about teams and about uh, their experience and about dynamics or whatever. I do a bunch of different stuff. It usually ends with something silly,
9: mm-hmm.
0: um, a little bit off kilter. And, and with her, I just I asked her the sister question. She handled it beautifully. And I'm surprised the crowd didn't – you didn't hear any audible gasp. I thought for sure there'd be an audible gasp in the crowd. But I talked to Mike Seeley later, and he said when it happened, he's like, oh. Yeah,
4: people oh. said it was, it, was, it was very respective but awkward
0: on on the thing that were there.
9: Life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my other you're
0: point right. about our sport to the ABCA was, look, if we're a real sport, we have to hit stuff like this, even when it's uncomfortable. And this is an odd thing because it's an, it's an awards banquet, it's not a news thing, but yet it's the biggest event. We're we'll we'll looking at, it, like, football or basketball,
4: if it's a Heisman name, they probably would have mentioned There would be a whole feature on, feature on it. it. Yeah,
0: and we don't need to exploit it to, to, to <clears> raise true. ratings. There's no ratings to raise. But at the same time, if you ignore giant issues, you're not legitimate. What was her answer?
4: Do I, you
0: remember? Not exactly. Uh-huh. I was more paying attention to the emotion of the room and, mm. and her, just kind of making sure that yeah. that if I had to break in, if she started falling apart, I wasn't really listening to what she exactly said.
6: Yes, Jeremy? How was the response from the ABCA and all your higher-ups afterwards? Everybody was happy.
0: Because it had been clear. <laughs> Seeley said he was kind of like, oh. Yeah, he 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 just he thought. Yeah. Oh, did he did he clear? It? it was all cleared with her and her yeah, mom yeah. and the, yeah. everybody. Well, knew. Yeah, if people didn't know that, then I'm sure that that's why they thought it was. That's difficult. what they thought is, oh man, she did she know? And I got somebody who told me, oh, you shouldn't have done that or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, look, that's not my decision. I I I felt like the opportunity needed to be offered because it was out there. Yeah, people knew about it. Carly, what do you want to do?
4: Hey, I've told you this in our business, people are gonna hate what we do and they're going to love what we do. I mean, it's just the way it is. You go on any website for any Laker website, any volleyball website, they, 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 they're going to hate you. And it's the well, bottom line because, uh, they're, they're in their rooms and they're on their computer and they have power and they're going to hate you. They're going to think they, they, that they could have done it a different way. And, th- and that's the bottom line. It's a, it's a subjective way to do it. But the way you explained it to me, it was classy and it was done well. And you know what? It made a lot of sense. And it is about her and it is her moment. So if she's okay with doing it.
0: And there I felt, have I felt good, too, because l- ran into her later in the in the lobby of the hotel, ran into mom. I just I, I talked to mom for a second, just a couple of compliments about Carly, and kind of got out of the way. And then Carly was down there and hanging out, and she came over and gave me a hug, and we talked a little bit. I found out that she's my new favorite volleyball player in the world, because yeah. she wants to make volleyball a full-contact sport. Said that to me. Yeah, I, said, I love that. And I said, Carly, you know what was in my bio for 10 years? When the what would you change about the sport question was in my FIVB bio? I said, I'd make it full contact. Like, you, yeah. You're my favorite player now, because I'd asked her. My first question to her was, "What's with the serious face?" Because you see her in person, she's sure. smiling off the court. When she's warming up, it is a serious face.
5: Oh, she she's gonna so kill intense. somebody. Oh, yeah.
0: And she said, "Well, look, I want to win, and I'm having fun, but I want to win." <laughs> so, you
5: have to admire that.
0: Yeah, I said but that's the way I played. I always played grouchy. Yeah. And I just, she's my new favorite player, Carly Wilpat.
5: I think she's a great kid, and. Uh, I'm a little older than her, but I think coming from a young woman's perspective, um, I think that that's the kind of thing you want is to pay tribute to somebody. And having that kind of stage to say something where she hasn't really been able to do that at all. I haven't seen any quotes from her. No one has come out from their
0: family and really said that. That's a good point. No information from her at all. Yeah, and so
5: I think that was a perfect time for her to be able to kind of bring her sister in. And obviously she was a big part of her success in volleyball and why she loved the sport and all those things. So I think I think that's great. And the fact that you talked to her before, I think it was handled really well.
0: One of the things she did say that I, I do remember the early part was she said, look, she's with me not only in volleyball and some of the big things, she's with me in all the small stuff.
4: Yeah, and it's that's really cool. Support. Just,
0: you know, getting up in the morning.
4: You know, with the tragedies over the weekend, not that we're Ugh, sidetracked here, geez. but it's, you know, it, it was talked about on our show, like, do we mention it? Do we say, hey, what's with a heavy heart? And And, you know, we ended up not – Mentioning it and just going on with our show, but it's you know it's it's a tough line to you know because on on that day and, and every day sports is secondary,
0: stuff in real with life and yeah, into I mean, the distraction that we are. Yeah.
4: You know, you know it's not that important at the end of the day. I mean, I have a guy that tweets me every single show and says he hates me <laughs> and and he can't watch <laughs> Lakers pregame. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Sorry, it's, it's, it's Jay Rochet, and you know, it's the same guy, and, and he can't watch Lakers pregame. And when am I going to be? When am I going to be done? And so I, I haven't tweeted the guy back. Finally, the other day, I was like, "Dude, I got a three-year deal. Like, you're, you're. I feel bad for you. Like, you're going to miss every game for three years. That's a bummer. Sorry." And I haven't heard anything back. <laughs> I love that. But it's like, dude, there's bigger things, bud, than, than you know, than this Laker pregame show or this show or. You know, yeah. I mean, there's, there's
0: real-life stuff going on out there. You perspective. Know? Just,
4: yeah, put a little perspective exactly. into it. Exactly. People like that so yeah.
5: much.
0: Yeah, people get so vicious on the boards and stuff, and you're like, dude, you really have nothing else to do? Really? Well, it's usually, to be honest with you, people that haven't done it,
4: whether it's play, whether it's coach, whether it's broadcast, they haven't done it. It's easy to sit and pick apart. Everyone can do it. I mean, we can look at this person and go, look at the way they do this, look at the way they do that. It's so easy from the sideline. Until you're in it, that, that's why reporters aren't afraid to ask. The people who've never really played sports that are reporters ask certain questions because they don't have any sympathy for that coach or that player. No, you know what I mean? They can, they've can. they never before. had that feeling. They don't know what it's like to be in a locker room. They don't know what it's like to lose a big game. They don't know. Yeah. So you ask a certain, and that's why they're successful at what they do.
0: you got to be fearless with it. Yeah. I mean, you got you got to be respectful but fearless. And people who are sitting in their cubicle and make a mistake, it's just them in their cubicle. Yeah. Right. You know, people, we make a mistake, Everyone drop an F-bomb. It's on air. Well, this brings you back to where we should be going,
4: and that's the national championship. I mean, I yeah. felt great for Texas because they have gotten a lot of flack over the years in terms of great recruiting. Do the players develop? Can they win the big one? Why didn't they adjust – after Russ won game three in 2009 and they were up 2-0, why didn't they spin the dial? Even though they were a swing away from winning the national there's championship, tying it up. There's always that stuff. People can always sit on the sideline and say, you should have done this, you should have done that. But until you're in that moment, in a part of that team, and in that locker room, and on the court every day at practice, you don't know what you would do. It's so easy for us to sit up in section 105, seat three Three and four, and go, dude, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? That's what makes sports great. We all think we can do it. The Monday morning quarterback. But until you're in that moment, so for Texas to win like they did, and a lot of coaches were picking Oregon after the way Oregon beat Nebraska after they beat Penn State. Man, that team looked unbeatable at that moment. And the way Texas dominated them, I mean, I don't know if you could have been better prepared. I don't know if you could have played better in a national championship match. So for them, I'm happy for them because they were prepared. And maybe all those losses and all those tough ones and all those times of getting close and not getting there, maybe that prepared them for this moment. I agree. Maybe it did. So, you know, for all the haters, I love that Texas got the title. You can never say another word to that staff or those kids again, and, and, and they deserved it. I was happy for
0: them. Uh, they did a great job. And I'll tell you what, in that semifinal with Penn State and Oregon, Penn State's block kept them in it. Penn State was not doing much. No. And Penn State's block kept them in it the entire time. That one run they had coming back from 2010? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've seen 2012. I haven't seen 2010. Yeah, and then it ended what 29, 27, or something. Whatever that that set score was. Are you talking about the Oregon, Penn State. Oregon, Penn, Penn State? Yeah, yeah that match was unbelievable. Crazy. But the, it was the blocking. Katie Slay just yeah. killing it in the middle, of blocking wise. And
4: you know, Lauren Plum. I, I think what people really, you know, you look at Plum. She's so dynamic, athletic. that's a good, great ball. I mean, you, you know, when you got a senior setter like that who's in a zone, it's it's hard not to favor them and uh, Bergsma. Oh, my Play God. The year. I mean, they just had it going oh, on. She went
0: off at she the was end going of on, the yeah. semifinal. Yeah.
4: I give a lot of credit to Michigan. Mark Rose, I mean, that oh team had Texas they on had the ropes.
0: They, they had it. They had them on the ropes,
4: man. Yeah. Uh, but there's a point in that national championship match, and I know we're going to talk about it all later, but the way Texas, because all my friends were texting back and forth, you know, that are all friends with Jarrett and yeah. stuff, and everyone was on a group, group, uh, group text and texting. You know, after the game one, a lot of my buddies hadn't been watching all year. like, oh, my God, they're going to roll them. And I was like, game two is the important one. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah. So Oregon goes up 17-14. Texas ties it at 17-17. Oregon goes up 20-17. Texas comes right back and ties it at 20. At that point, I was like, they're showing me something different than any other Texas team. Mm-hmm. And the same thing in that Michigan match. They showed me more than any other Texas team. I think that's why I thought it was their time. And then they did it just like UCLA did it in set four last year against Illinois, where they pulled away. Texas did the same thing. I mean, they just imposed their will, and that night
0: they were the better team. They were the best team in the country. So you know? a, qu- a question on Chatter: 18, eighteen
4: to one in blocks. Eighteen to one blocks.
0: Eighteen to one is on. Un- I mean, that's unreal. unheard of. The question was: Would the non-call in set two of the Chatter set and net change the match? Oregon versus Penn State. Remember, there was a mishandled ball. Everyone says, "Oh, it was a mishandled." I thought it was pretty well chucked. I was, I was sitting pretty far away still, too, but it. It looks pretty well chucked, huh? Yeah, I don't know. There's always those calls. Every They're match you're always. gonna have those calls. Exactly. A match in the middle of the season, the beginning of the season, there are those calls.
5: It evens out in the end, I think. Uh,
0: one more thing on the All American Banquet. Yeah. The kids make the fun of the All American Banquet, and Lauren Plum got her to do an impression of her head coach. Oh my gosh. Which was awesome. Yeah. I would have loved to. Have I don't
4: know him. I don't
0: know. No, you know him, right? Yeah, I know. I know him. I have talked to him quite a few times. He gave us quite a nice little tour of the facility. Oh yeah, there, he was excited about the. Facilities. And he was on the show. last week, excited right? Excited about, about the facilities. <laughs> he was I on the show right after I left intent. last week. Yeah. No. He well, Jim Moore. Uh, he had a practice schedule problem. Oh. Jeremy and I were hanging out here talking about who knows what for fifteen minutes, and we actually signed off. And we actually had the end music playing. We were gone, and he popped up. So we froze in froze in music, came back on. Hey, we have Jim Moore. And we talked to Jim Moore for ten or fifteen minutes until the show was over. Uh but yeah, he he he, he gave us plenty of time whenever we had a match together or needed to talk to him and yeah. he was awesome here on the show. And so uh, you know, Jim is uh he's a unique guy. He's called the Mad Scientist. Yeah. Likes that title.
4: Yeah. He's done a great job there, I'll tell you that.
0: I, I um, to the national championship yeah. game? Yeah, I'd say he's done, he's done an okay job.
4: I hate to bring it down and bring it back to Volley, but uh I'm always happy for players like a Hannah Allison, the setter, who come through in big moments, who've always been kind of that player that's like, Well, is she good enough to really win? It, you know, if she doesn't set the ball well, they're not gonna win. Oh, that plays inside, it's tight, she's kinda of killing on plums better. I thought she played great in that national championship game. She had a couple of moments in, in that second set where she wasn't on point, but I thought her serving, defense, she, r- blocking, leadership, setting the right people, she got Chauder going. On. I, I thought she was great in that match, and I love seeing that for her because the setting position over the last few years has always been the inconsistent part of their game. And it was like Van Orden last year. You know, She got in a zone for those six matches mm-hmm. and was the best leader and the best locator in that entire tournament last year, and I thought that was really cool for her. And I felt Hannah going up against Plum, who you know everyone loved. She did a really nice job in that, that final. So I love when it happens for players like that, that it can just in the biggest moment of their lives. It comes. It, it all. It all comes there for you. Yeah. Well, and,
5: and the, I think the thing I like the most about Hannah Allison is I saw her last year, and then I saw her about a third of the way through this season, and it was like she was a completely different person. She elevated her game. You could see confidence yep. in her eyes. The way she would react after they mm-hmm. after they would lose a point, it was like a whole new player. She really stepped into her own, and it was like she figured herself out. So now she could be that leader for the team. It was awesome.
4: Yeah, and, and you know, she, coming in this year, she had Nicole Dalton who everyone was kind of saying that's going to be the one. They ran a 6-2. Dalton started out great. Then she had some injuries. And then they went to the 5-1, and Dalton's such a great passer. So it just all worked out. And, and, uh, and you know, that, that's what happens over the course of a year. That's why it's hard to judge a team in September in August. I mean, you have to go through that course of a season and get injuries and mix with lineups and find the right gel and the right cohesiveness that makes you a great team. You know, that's what I think is the, the best thing about sports, you know.
0: How about Sarah Palmer? I felt good for her in the oh, semifinal because yeah. oh. she was maligned all year long. Yeah. We asked Jared about oh, that. Oh, man.
4: Two And they huge. rode. He rode her. Hard. I mean, he was always hard on her, man. Yeah.
0: Two huge digs down the stretch of that semifinal match. Stepping in underneath the it block. 12, 10,
4: side 12-10. 12-10, three
0: in a inch. row. lipping them up. Yeah. Fantastic plays. So. Shh. They her was reads, for Sarah her movement. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And new she had level. great fire, man. She had yeah. like she
4: was like that that one that in the you know when the girls come together in the middle of the court she was the one screaming and stuff. Yeah, it, yeah she was like I said, a great moment for those kids.
0: Yeah, we're definitely going to talk to Jared Elliott about all those individual players and the experience of coaching that team. Pretty awesome. Another moment from All American Banquet. Natalie Hagland, again came through. Great kid. Oh,
5: she is so funny.
4: Asked
0: her last year to do an impression of McKaylee. Keep in mind she was a sophomore. She did it. This year. What does
4: that look like? The the, the McKaylee impersonation.
0: I can't remember. That was last year. There's, the gym, the Jim, the so Jim Moore one. Options. The Jim Moore one was kind of like yeah. a hands on the hips, kind of knock kneed, and like yeah. didn't want to sit up, didn't want to sit down or stand up. Like couldn't decide where to go. So that was fun from <laughs> more fun. But Haglin, I knew I could count on Haglin. Yeah. So I asked her. I said, if Mick Haley were an animal, oh, what animal would he be and why? And I saw her later in the night too. And she said to me, she said she was thinking something else, because she, she took a second. I was a little worried, like, uh-oh, because she was still kind of facing me, a little worried. And then she kind of pivoted just a little bit to the crowd, and I thought, she's got it. Don't Here know. we go. And she said, well, definitely a reptile of some kind.
1: <laughs>
0: and everybody's like, ah. And she goes, well, no, no, that's a good thing. I, I love reptiles. Reptiles rock. That's correct. Yeah, definitely a reptile of was, some was kind. Mick there? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, and then she went on to say a couple other things. It was it was awesome. crowd was just rolling. So, I mean, that's another team, you know,
4: there's so many teams you go, hey, they have a shot. I think when Texas beat SC, I was like, God, maybe it is their time because they, is a good team. I know, and, and it was just was lots
0: a of good teams. Team. Yeah.
4: And, you know, and, 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 and that's what we said last week on the show. Every one of those teams could have made a case. I mean, Michigan was riding the magic carpet like you couldn't even believe. They had just the destiny in there. And then Oregon, all of a sudden, you're like, people. when Oregon beats Penn State, you're like, man, a couple of seniors, they just have hit it. It's their time. And you can say the same thing for Russ when they get there. Oh, my God, Penn State's back. They're as good as ever. So it's just it's an unbelievable uh, weekend how it all works out.
5: Yeah. I think USC, so young. It's kind of like the Stanford thing. They're yeah, going they're
4: to going to be top team. three
5: next year, aren't Haley they? Kronin they only lose Katie sophomore. Fuller. Yeah, yeah, that
4: team's going to be ridiculous. The same with Stanford. Texas yeah. will be good again. They only lose Chauder. I mean, it's
0: going to be...
5: Yeah, it's going to be really intense next year again.
0: They only lost their glue. That's yeah,
4: I know. Actually, yeah, when I said that, I was like, "Yeah, eh, it's a lot big." But But, you know, when I was talking to Jared about this yesterday... It's great, you know, when seniors move on, you you know the next group kind of comes up. Who, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Palmer, you know, who becomes the glue next year. You know, right. it's uh, Bailey Webster will be a senior. You know, you, you know, and it's nice to see how kids kind of blossom and yeah. You know,
5: I think Webster leaders. is that player. You can see it in her eyes. She's very calm and she can carry the team in that way. I think she'll kind of become that player next year.
4: It's amazing how when you see these teams win national championships in, in the last few years and you see the pins, you're like. Of course they won. Eckerman and Webster were just so dominant the year before. Kidder and Tabby love. It's just like you get these kids that are so damn good. Mm-hmm. And you're like,
0: that's tough to beat. It is. How about if your are cry, looking down the pipe, having to make some of these decisions oh, at the national team luck. level between a lot of these extremely talented women? It's going to be interesting to see who raises up their next level. Bailey Webster, incredibly well-spoken young woman. She's yeah. awesome. Awesome. And I love when they just set her tight 50-50 and say, oh, go get it. So yeah, go
4: get it. Oh, have so You gotta love being to yeah, back. you gotta love being Hannah Al Allison because you, they want you to miss inside, yes. high and, and high. high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> could yeah. be better.
0: That's a fun mistake.
4: <laughs> I I I I would have been a great setter at Texas because my chowders were always inside. It'd been fantastic.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first. Geter would have been a really good women's volleyball I would have
4: been a great women's setter at Texas. <laughs> you would look really good in Burbank. Yeah. Oh god. Or
5: but were there buns?
4: Burbank? He your should time? wear
0: buns, yeah. He'd wear buns. Um I was the I buns was era. You old. I'm
4: sorry. Yeah, you, you did again and you've done that quite a bit. I'd few squeeze times. your buns if
0: you're wearing buns, Gator. All right, so we have uh, the Net- the Netties coming up here on the show. Most influential volleyball event of 2012. Sullivan never called in. Team USA Player of the Year. That's Men's and Women's Beach and Indoor. We also have Headline of the Year. That'll be for 2012. Biggest disappointment of 2012. Could be an item, an individual, whatever. Number five, uh, biggest surprise of 2012. And finally, an issue that will be influential in 2013. And I guess then, the person of the year, volleyball person of the year. We have the Nitties coming up here. We hear from everybody. Kelly steps right into the show and uh, has some picks, right? Yeah. Right on. She had a warning. We cleared it with Kelly. It was all cleared. The Net Live on a Monday with Kelly Tennant, Chris McGee, myself, and, uh, well, little fat Jeremy, but you don't get to hear from him this week. We'll be right back. Nice wrap Christmas, like that Jeremy Riche. I like your your seasonality. You've had lots of seasonal music. Well, yeah, professional exactly. Welcome to the Net Live, Kevin Barnett here. I hope you're getting our show either live now or via iTunes. It is free. We are on the Blog Talk Radio feed, and remember the net live at gmail dot com is our email address. Give us some new topics for 2013. This is the last show of 2012, but we will. Kick it off with a new show uh, in early January and for the new it, year. Yeah, Wednesday. and apparently
4: Reed's dumping a bunch of money and and some and the salaries are we're gonna finally have salaries from what I hear. Yeah, they're too, going up
0: exponentially, so. actually, by by a factor. We're yeah. times your current salary, times <laughs> the number, and we'll come up with a new number.
2: Where's pretty? You promised me he'd be on the show today.
0: Good question, Kent Stephis. We can answer that right now. I believe we have Mr. Pretty and hopefully his internet works. Does better he than last
4: know week. there were F bombs dropped by Kevin he's That's That's, why that's why he's calling. All I care about <laughs>
10: i did get some calls from the fcc this week uh thankfully since i'm out of the country it goes straight to voicemail um but uh you guys it's good to talk to you i hope this internet connection can last at least three minutes this time and i don't ruin the show again (laughs) but uh i just want to start by saying it's been a great 2012 you guys have been putting in some great work the numbers reflect it people are starting to uh Continue to latch on to the show. The numbers are growing, and um, it's great to see the passion that you guys have for our sport and the show, and uh, I just want to say thank you uh, for all your hard work.
4: You know, it's not every day the CEO calls in, and I am giddy inside, but I do have to ask this, Reed, uh, and I know you were joking about the FCC, did you hear the Barnett slip with the two F-bombs. I mean, it was one of the more incredible moments in the history of our show. Only the third and fourth time the F-bomb has been
10: dropped. <laughs> you know, Peter, um, uh, you know, my religious background and, um, uh, unfortunately for the better part of the last 15 years, I've spent most Sundays in a locker room. Uh, and so I've become desensitized. And so that one almost just passed the, uh, the goalie on my end too. <laughs>
4: I bet you would have bet a million dollars that it would have come from me,
10: the first one from a member. <laughs> well, you know what? In light of the holidays and uh, Christmas bonuses, I cleared it with the wife today, and I <laughs> wanted to let you know that Taylor Swift is playing in L.A. in June, and uh, we are happy to bring the, fo- the the four of us and our wives and girlfriend um to go see Taylor Swift. Now, normally, I would like to give a gift that I would enjoy, but I knew this one would strike a chord with Kevin Barnett. Uh, and so, Taylor Swift in June, the eight of us Christmas bonus.
4: Yeah. Yes. Maybe look at Kelly Tennant's like, do I get to come? You've got to put in a little more time. Be here a couple more times. I don't
5: think times. my boyfriend wants
4: to see Taylor
9: Swift. No offense.
0: We're all coming. party with the crew. Hey, we are never <laughs> back together ever. Never. Ever. Never ever. Reed, that's awesome. I'm fine. ahead program. Hey, uh, Reed Pretty, we're wondering if you can help us out with uh, a review of last year's Netty Awards. I know you don't have it in front of you, but is that possible to pull that before the end of the show today?
10: I will do what I can to uh, check the archives.
0: Okay. All right. That would be excellent. Can you give us a quick turkey update as well? We know uh, things have been going well. You've
10: been traveling. You've been a part of uh,
0: Champions League or CEV. That's why you were in Russia last week.
10: Yeah, things are turning around for us. Uh, You know, it was tough. I tore my shoulder the second practice that I was here, um, and that was a little bit uncomfortable, to say the least, uh, to show up late and and then get injured the second day. But uh, I'm, I'm 100% healthy now, and the team is coming together, and um, we uh, we had a good win last night against uh, Brooke Billings' team. Um, they're playing great, man. Brooke is playing some of the best volleyball that I've seen him play, which is uh, awesome to see, such a good guy. And uh, we they, they went up 2-0 on us. We came back in one in five. Uh, we have three matches left before a ninth day break back home, so hopefully I'll get to see you guys over the new year. Uh, but things are looking up for us. We, uh, we have a chance to reach the Final Four of the Cup. Uh, we've advanced into the uh, challenge round of CEV, and um, it looks like uh, uh, we could be in the top three of uh, the league at the, uh, at the halfway mark. So um, rough start, and uh, we're starting to hit a stride, so uh, we're, we're pumped.
4: Reed, you're like the Kobe Bean Bryant, uh, not in a lot of ways, but in some ways uh, in terms of the length of your career. 17 years in the NBA, he's now talking about the end coming soon. Do you uh, do you see the light at the end of the tunnel? Are you feeling good? Are you going to keep going for a few more years? Can you give us a little insight?
10: Well, um, I've always tilted that line between switching to sand. And, uh, and, and right before I left for, for Turkey, I was faced with an opportunity and, and was right there again thinking about that. And um, it's just so hard to leave the indoor because I feel like I still love it. I feel like I still have room to grow and get better. Um, And and Turkey provides an interesting, um, just in this stage of my career, I I feel like I'm a part of the team building part. Whereas in Russia, I showed up, I did my thing, and I went home. Here, I'm in discussions about team building, uh, talking with younger guys, and they sort of have given me uh, the room to um, to be more than just a, a player who shows up. And I, I really like it. And it's a great club. Uh, Turkey is is sort of the head and jewel right now, and uh, it's sort of an emerging market. Um, they've got tremendous resources here. So, you know, I want to play in Rio one way or the other. And, um, of course, we're all waiting to see who is going to be the national team head coach. That's going to really um, just make... Um, I don't know if that would make my decision, but that's going to be a, a huge factor into whether or not I stick with the national team or not. But I feel healthy. I feel strong. I feel like I'm getting better. And it's just too hard to lead the game right now.
0: Yeah, the national team head coach choice, a hot topic at the AVCA convention. Hadn't well, discussed. it's Riley
4: Salmon in, in, in 2016. Who's going to be this year?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Who's going to hold the seat warm for Riley Salmon in 16? But I uh, talked <laughs> about it, the decision has not been made. It's still in the works. I think it's too late, but I would have made the decision a while ago. I think the timing for Karch was good. Get his feet on the ground, know the personnel, communicate with the personnel, get on Get on point. I. I the men's coach is going to be behind. For I have start. a question.
4: Do they ever come to you, Reed, and ask,
0: like, for candidates or anything?
10: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Doug, obviously, he's the only guy, really, that makes – Makes this decision. He made the last one, and, he, and he's going to make this one. And um, he certainly—this um, was right before. Let's see, it would have been uh, the beginning, the end of September, end of October. And I know he met with my—I met with them. He met with uh, Clay, Stanley, and Rich Lambord, and, and I'm sure several of the other guys just to get our feedback. And that was our opportunity to to uh, weigh in. And, um, and and at the time, I really didn't have. Names, to be honest with you. Uh, I just know that 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 team, the last four years, was a gross underperformance. And that team is a special team, and it should be approached with the utmost respect. And it should be our very best on every level. Uh, Everybody that's involved with the national team should be the best that our country has to offer. And um, I think that we need to get back to... um, where we should be we had the talent to, to do much better and so you know, every time I go on this show I feel like I'm, uh, I'm beating a dead horse and, and negative and of course the disappointment of, of 2012 for me is, is an easy one but um, they need to they need to uh, Doug needs to make a, a decision I think soon and, and of course uh, the right one and at this point a lot of people are asking should they go abroad and, and hire a European or a Brazilian or, or somebody else and um, I'm not sure what the disconnect is. If, if these guys just have too good a deals with uh, with the with colleges, and, and you know, maybe the women's game is, is starting to um, you know take a lot of candidates that would otherwise be interested. Uh, wh- whatever it is, um, I- I'm on pins and needles waiting to see who it's going to be, and um, you know, we're just in a waiting game right now.
0: As are we, Reed, pretty. But we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. Nobody knows the information except for Doug. Well, hey, thanks for checking in, dude. We appreciate it. And, uh, All right.
10: Enjoy we're the look- uh, rest of the show and uh, live stream, man.
0: I'll, I'll start listening to Taylor Swift in the car every day, rocking it out, windows down, volume
10: up. Yeah, that's your uh, BMW 3 Series, two-door convertible. Yeah. Wife.
0: The wife. Yeah. I'll dress in a white suit, too. It'll look really oh, cool. Oh,
10: No. <laughs> All right, Gentlemen, It's been a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Right. Yeah, the other family,
0: Reed Pretty, checking in from Turkey. Late night there. The boss. The boss. I think he's got fifty-two uh, percent. I don't know, forty-eight percent. Chaired on yet? We have to know though. From Reed Pretty, we have to know fifth man of the year last year because it's our the big award we're handing out. The fifth man. Of is is Reed emailing for this his program. answers? Uh, he's going to work on it, he said. Okay. So hopefully he's efforting on that, and we will have uh, last year's answers. Didn't have time to dig those up in our busy life here. You having fun, Kelly?
5: I'm having a great time. You guys are really entertaining. What
4: yeah. do you
0: think about the Taylor Swift
5: uh, idea?
4: Interesting. You can add my Interesting out of everybody, who said Taylor Swift. Yeah. I thought it
5: was a nice How thing. How about, you guys should go see Andrea Bocelli. <laughs> he's coming to the Hollywood Bowl like that month.
4: Jeremy says Way absolutely better than not. If you look at Jeremy type. right now, he is Opera?
5: Yeah, I'm Jeremy
0: can't choice. handle opera.
4: I'm just looking forward to the to the suite and the drinks and everything that Reed's going to set up for us. That's that's really what I'm looking forward to. No matter who's playing,
0: I don't really care where I go as long as it's in a suite. Wow,
4: <laughs> I'll watch anything from a suite. Yeah,
0: diva. I was watching
4: Disney on Ice Saturday from a suite.
5: Disney on Ice. I saw your Instagram pics. Yeah,
0: way cute.
4: Yeah, it was, uh, it was it was it was a big moment for uh, for the family. Disney on Ice.
0: Slipped and mouse it. Convention no, in Final so. Four is is something else, and not just because there's the women's final four going on in the All American Bank with the things we talked about, but also because it's the largest gathering of coaches in the world, volleyball coaches in the world.
5: Crazy Valley Peeps.
0: Oh my god. It's oh. everybody. I can't in believe
5: the I've sport. never been. Me neither.
0: You've never
4: been there? No, I've never been. Not once. Ago. Not once. I mean I've been to a final four years and years and years ago, but uh Seattle next year.
0: So
5: great.
4: I like it on the West Coast. Yes. You need My to be there. Get there.
0: Kelly, you need to show up. Like oh, had,
5: I, for, I after, after Jarrett winning the national championship and that whole thing, I can't believe I missed this year. So I'm
4: I nervous. know.
0: I know you have I bad memories of Jared, Washington and being there and being harassed. <laughs> I told Jarrett for years, if you're game. ever in that game, <laughs> I'm
4: going, and I've never been, but uh, work wouldn't allow it. I think Jay Hasek had the best idea. Why not bring the whole crew to Vegas to watch little fat Jeremy spin for a weekend?
0: That would be a great That pass. would be. That nice. actually – did you see that? A actually, might be better. Last week, did you see Little Fat Jeremy in the collage last week from Matt Gardhoff? I
4: love when you're Little Fat Jeremy.
0: Little Fat Jeremy is fantastic. Is it worse than
4: the one the lady made of us years ago on the AVP stage? Okay.
0: We talked about that last.
4: The four chins week. Yeah. that she gave me. Yeah.
5: Four chins? Did she? You definitely she, only have two.
4: Yeah. She she brought it in like this like we were gonna be really happy about it and Jeremy's like oh, this is great and I was like this is terrible.
5: Oh bad. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> It Because it was bad, right, Jeremy? <laughs> did you go on a diet after
0: that? <clears throat> no, I'm skinny fat. That's why he eats chocolate pudding for breakfast. It's called a e bowl. A gallon Bernola of Granola and blueberry. A
5: gallon of chocolate pudding.
0: Yeah, it's not just a little bit. Here, there's there's a little fat, Jeremy.
5: Oh, wait, I don't understand. Oh Where does that come from? This
0: is a collage of last week's show. This is what we did on the show last week. Oh, my God, Sully looks adorable. Yeah, there's the shocker. eater.
5: Captain, oh, that's the
0: Captain Awesome picture.
5: Oh, my no, favorite Russ photo Moore. of all time. That's amazing. This is good.
0: Yeah, Matt Gardhoff is no
6: joke. Can you explain the little fat Jeremy?
5: Yeah, I need to. Because
6: I'm not little and I'm not fat.
0: So people listening to you are the first in this time, picture,
6: that photo is hilarious. <laughs> the hair is the only. That's not me, same obviously, jerk.
0: <laughs> the little fat Jeremy comes from me sending out a photo that I took of a guy who looked like Jeremy. Could could have been your your ugly twin. Down at a local restaurant, and I sent it out, and I just I titled it Little Fat Jeremy. Even the guy really wasn't little; he really wasn't fat. He just looked like Jeremy with a couple extra lbs and uh, maybe not as much hair gel. And that got drawn into the conversation with Jay Hosick a few weeks ago, and we decided that Little Fat Jeremy actually should be the next sandwich at your local deli yes. or a burrito. Totally, I'll have the Little Fat Jeremy. Perfect. Yeah, that would be good. And then Gardhoff put up Little Fat DJ Roche. <laughs> <laughs> with, by the way you're spinning a record yeah. i don't know what you're doing with that record it better be a scratch track or something i don't know <laughs> it's definitely not actual music on there but yeah these collages are awesome the shocker i love the shocker being on there too that was funny from wichita state of course bo knows lots of discussion that came up with a couple of different people that whole uh 30 for 30 on Bo and a lot of people brought that one up at convention just randomly in conversation popular
4: do people stay for the national championship coaches-wise, or they usually get out on a Friday
0: after the semifinals? are
4: more some, Or now,
0: some large amount of people of the coaching staff leave on Saturday morning. Myself included, had to yeah. get back to your home, but there's a lot of people that leave. So today.
4: everyone goes to the semifinals. I think the semifinals, semifinals would be awesome. a great night
0: of volleyball. Yeah, because the question becomes, oh, what suite are you in? Or what suite were you in? Where's well, I tequila? Was in, I was in 73, 71, yeah. 63, 62, 61, and 59. Those are wow. the suites that I was in throughout the You're night really of popular. volleyball. Well, you have... From five o'clock, and in this case, five o'clock till twelve thirty. That's pretty fun. Or seven o'clock to twelve thirty. Sorry.
5: I did the semifinals and sweeps last year. It was real fun. That's a blast. Yeah. How did, did you
0: not go to convention? You went to the final four, but you didn't go to convention. I, don't I have no
5: idea. I was too busy hanging out with my friends. That. What about the, the
4: city of of Louisville? They they, they really brought it, right? I mean, that was a great place. I mean, wasn't it sixteen thousand or something? Am I way off on this? No, there I were fourteen thousand
0: tickets sold for a semifinals. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know what it was <clears throat> for the finals. Because um, I was gone. Someone on them. I yeah, showed up I on Wednesday it. night. Yeah, and I went to bed about three thirty. I got there at midnight. I went to bed at three thirty because we went out a couple places, O'Shea's This night and and we needed some food, and White Castle was just up the road. We went to oh, White Castle. classy. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, and they're not even burgers. It's like if Spam was in a darker shade oh. and a lot thinner. That's White Castle, and because I've eaten Crystal Burger quite a bit. In the South, love Crystal Burger. Never heard of it. Way better than White Castle. White, it was terrible. It was a great idea at 2.30. It was a really bad idea about 5.30 when I was in bed, just kind of... Oh, yeah.
4: Someone wrote, no city where the bars are open until 4 a.m. should ever be allowed to host
0: again. Uh, the opposite of that? Yeah, yeah. I would say they should all I'm, I'm, it. I'm Yeah, I'm, I'm confused. down. Please, Casey. Because I, I, on I was really happy that the bars were still open at two. Because around here in L.A. at one thirty or one twenty, they're ripping drinks out of your hands. Yes. which is a joke because people think L.A. is a party town. No, no, it's not. It's not. The uh, last three days in Louisville. Uh, Salima Davidson just said. Rockwell Jarrett, yeah,
4: Jarrett just left his phone charging with me. He should be back soon to call. He was doing a Longhorn Network uh, interview.
0: Longhorn Network. All right, so we will have Jared Elliott coming on here shortly. He'll. He'll get in a love fest with Geeter, and we can all watch. It'll be awesome. I, I don't, I
4: don't understand what that
0: means. Did you see the character here too? Did you see this one? This is an old one. Check out Geeter in there. Can you pick him out?
5: On the right.
0: Yeah, there he is. Where? Um. Right here. Oh yeah, look at that.
9: Look
4: yeah, at his face. Yeah, that's definitely not that is, is large. He's
5: worst, worst ever. Whatever. I like him. He made me look skinny, like a Barbie. Nah.
0: Take that. Everybody's on their phones. Got a break. Great show. Let's take a quick break. Come back, hopefully, Jarrett uh, on the other side. I think we got him right on the other side.
4: And then we got uh, Volleyball Weekly coming up. Last we one do. of the year.
0: And the Netties. And the Netties. We got to go through the Netties. It's going to be good. The Net Live is brought to you by the Spire Institute. Integrating sports and education, training and learning, performance and competition like no place on earth. Spire dot O-R-G. i guessing who any of these people are. I mean, it, all I hear is Manamanaf in the background, so I've got the, the Muppets reference, but I don't have anything else on this particular song. Manamanaf.
6: Well, this would be CeeLo's, new Christmas album. Okay. Nicole's boss wrote this song and produced his Christmas
0: album. All right. Let me ask you this. Stay there for a second. He might not have a microphone on the show, but he's adding value. Here, I want to ask you this because my family's picked up The Voice He started watching The Voice, my yeah. wife and, and the boys. And they're excited about it. I've watched it a little bit. Uh, first of all, Nicholas David, uh, you have two first names. You should be a porn star. Instead, you have no neck. And you're a white guy with long hair and a beard, but you sound like Aaron Neville. That's uh, pretty awesome. I like him. Uh, I don't want to talk about Christina because she's just, yeah. Anyways, uh, CeeLo, does he have really small hands?
5: He has really small hands and arms. There's He's got short
0: arms, good. huge forearms, and tiny hands.
6: There's a discussion amongst some of my friends of whether or not he's would actually qualify as a little person.
0: How tall is he?
6: He's not very tall.
0: Okay, because he has got weird proportions. Yes, yes. but awesome outfit. Like he, he wore a muumu. He wore a muumu. Little fat Jeremy. He does look like Little Fat Jeremy. That's a good point. But okay. he wore a muumu. Uh, I think we
4: should bring in the national
0: championship coach. Talk yeah, never team mind team. with all this garbage. Let's bring in somebody who's important. We can important. we can go off on this later. Yeah, hold on, little fat Jeremy's trying to wedge himself back into his spot.
4: <laughs> Ooh, God, you're giving him a good one, aren't you, Jay Roche? Like like it's the AVP finals in if Manhattan Sullivan Beach. Sullivan
0: gets on the phone when you finish this introduction, I'm we burning the studio up. down.
4: This young man, ladies and gentlemen, starting his coaching career in the early 90s, Westside Volleyball Club. Cal State Northridge, 1993, where he went to his first Final Four as an assistant men's coach, then went to Wildwood Elementary School, then to Marymount High School, where he went to the CIF semifinals a couple of times, then he went to USC, and he went to his first Final Four as a head coach, lost to Wisconsin in the semis, and then he went to Texas, and he turned the program back into the dominant program that it once was, in the late 80s, early 90s. He went to the Final Four four times in five years. In 2009, he was knocking on the door. Up 2-0 to Penn State, losing 15-13 in the fifth, and sobbing, sobbing daily. But now, ladies and gentlemen, he has climbed back out of the darkness and into the light from the University of Texas, your 2012 Coach of the Year. And now we can call him a national champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Jared Elliott.
3: How we doing, Geet?
4: I'm good. We have Kelly Tennant here, Kevin Barnett, Hello. Jeremy Rocher, and we are so excited to have you, national champion Jared Elliott. Uh, our first question is: Have you slept?
3: Uh, I got a little nap in yesterday for about four hours, and I think I got about three hours last night until Sully called me this morning with business already to focus on next season.
4: Now, I have to say, man, when that uh, when the ball dropped after the stuff, uh, and 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 it. And you had that moment where you've won the national championship. For you, who's been wanting a national championship your entire life? What was that like for you?
3: It was surreal. You know, we had a feeling it was going to happen. At 23, I said, Lima, this is ours. And, uh, you know, I got up and I was looking for Cat. And I I turned to Sully and he kind of gave me the big open arms. And we jumped and celebrated together. Then Cat came and dog piled on me. And just it was an unbelievable experience to share with our players and, and our staff.
4: Yeah, you you the celebration I have it on ESPN. I've watched it probably 20 times. Salima kind of gets off the bench by herself and just double fist pump and she's just kind of in awe looking around. She doesn't know where to go. And then she turns back to you. Sully just kind of tosses his clipboard and looks at you like, "What up, dude?" And then you guys Race. Salim jumps in, Nathan jumps in, and, then, and Brian jumps in. all of a sudden, Cat Bell out of nowhere. And I thought this was the greatest celebration in the history of women's sports, maybe even men's. I'm not sure. Uh, Balvano's kind of close at NC State when he ran around. But she roofs the ball and then turns immediately, runs, and high jumps onto your head. I thought that was one of the great moments uh, of history.
3: It was unbelievable. Such a great experience and uh, so happy for our players.
0: Jared, we were talking earlier about Shadair McNeil and her role and her lack of attention and credit with so much other talent on the team. It it wasn't always the primary person of topic. And and what Shadair did for that team, and I remember one swing in the semifinals where she passed on the left and then crushed a slide on the right, and that just said to me, this woman is legit.
3: Yeah, she's the glue to our team, and I think she got robbed not being an all-American. But without her, we're a completely different team, and and uh, she holds us together. She can do so many things, not only on the court, but emotionally for our team. And uh, you know, we had a lot of success. People would serve her a ton and uh, would ignore her a little bit at times. And uh, when they when she had to pass, and she took advantage of it all the time, but it was a key to our success.
0: With the growth of the sport and certainly the the higher profile of your program, the players come under increased scrutiny. And Sarah Palmer this year took flack from all kinds of people, folks that don't even know her. And she came through huge for you in the semifinals. I I felt good for her when I saw her underneath the block, Michigan attacking from the left, and she was lipping balls at critical moments.
3: So you're going back on your word then and saying that she wasn't very good when you announced that, right?
0: (laughs) Did I say she wasn't very good?
3: Oh, yeah, many times. So. uh, Just had to call you out a little bit on that, but you weren't the only one. <laughs> no, she had an unbelievable season. She got so much tougher. Uh, she improved so much during the season, and, uh, you know, we're just proud of her. I mean, she uh, she was a big part of it. The, the digs that she had at 12-10 in, in the semifinals, three in a row, one-on-one, was huge, and uh, just proud of her. And she grew up, and we won all the serve and pass battles all the way through the, the tournament, and that was key for us when everybody doesn't think we're strong in that area, so... Uh, Our team raised their game in that area, and definitely Sarah improved a tremendous amount from even probably the times that you saw her till the end of the season. And uh, you know, we're just we're really proud of her growth. Jarrett,
5: year after year, we talk about what a great recruiter you are, and you bring in so many great athletes and so many great volleyball players. What was it about this team that was so different?
3: Well. In terms of practices, they were really good. They showed up every single day and worked hard. Um, they were committed, and um, they were just really good in the crunch time. They were never too high or too low, and, you know, as the season progressed, you know, after the, their early season kind of testing our lineups in different areas, they just got to a point where when the game was on the line, they kind of got calm and cool, and they could play at a very, very high level, and um, they showed that, and they were faced with a ton of adversity down 2-1 in the semis, and, you know, came out and played fantastic game forward, and... You know, eight all in game five and, you know, just continued to battle and play the way they could and, and ultimately prevailed.
0: You know, what did you, what did you ahead, say Bob. to your team when you're down 2-1 and and not having your best match?
3: You know, again, we've been saying all along, Eric's been telling them all the time, we don't have to be perfect. We just got to go out and play and be methodical about what we're doing and play one point at a time. And it's, you know, there's no magic that you can say to a team and there's nothing that actually, you know, you just got to get them in the right frame of mind and understand that the routines and, and be good over a period of time, because when we're good over a period of time, we've been very successful.
0: Were your outsides getting frustrated at all with Michigan, flipping and turning balls? It seemed like Michigan was a team that just grounded out and, a lot of control and was touches frustrating. Too. Yeah. Uh, you know, hitters that are used to getting kills a little bit easier.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was one of our first nights in a long time that both of them weren't kind of firing, and, um, you know, Michigan, Michigan had a great defense against us. Um, you know, our transition location wasn't quite as good, and we got better as the match went along, and you know, Hannah had improved uh, tremendously even through the, the semis to the finals. And and we got better looks uh, on the left for them. And, um, you know, but our other players came through. Our middles and our right sides we were able to go to and, and set them a little bit more when our lefts were struggling. that's an important part of our team is that we don't have to just rely on our lefts.
4: Chair, what was the game plan coming in? You know, people said, well, wow, Oregon speed. They saw what they did to Penn State, uh, that great senior leadership, the setting. What were your thoughts going into that Oregon game? What did you see in the matchup that
3: you liked? Well, I thought we had a good matchup with them. And, you know, Eric did a great job in terms of preparing our team and getting them organized. And, uh, you know, we've been pretty simple for most of the year. And we just kind of broke down the percentages and had some blocking schemes that we were utilizing and, you know, put our defenders in a little bit different position. But we felt like we had great matchups. You know, all year long they'd been in rotation one, um, you know, with the player of the year. And that matched up Bailey with her. Um, So it was perfect for us because that's what we wanted. And um, you know their left sides weren't very very big, and we thought we could take advantage of their middles and their and their lefts when we were attacking the ball. And um, we got a very we had a very balanced offense um, on that night.
4: You know, Jared, we were talking about Hannah Allison earlier in the show. And whenever I would go to Texas, I'd spend time with Salima, and she and I would talk. And I, I think there needs to be a lot of credit that goes to that young woman because the way she improved and, of course, the Salima and the rest of the staff. But the way she improved and and really had her moment on the biggest stage, I think for me and and as a coach, I'd imagine that that would be a proud moment for you, for her to go into the finals and play that well.
3: Yeah, it was fantastic. You know, I actually told Salima before the semis, I said I would really like this national championship for for Hannah because she hasn't been recognized as much as as other players on the team, and um, it would mean a lot to our staff for her to be able to get that. And she was so great about it when she wasn't even all conference um and she just said all i want to do is win the championship so we have players that are very unselfish and she did a good job of handling that side of her and and just became more comfortable with herself over the last year and is uh it really showed um you know in key situations this year that we were able to kind of Selima was doing such a good job with her and getting her to the point where she could just give her a little feedback and and work together and and have fun with being in that
0: role you said already that Eric Sullivan is calling you his business for next year in thinking about next year you lose Shader McNeil, you lose your glue the glue who's going to step up and be the glue? Is it a person like Bailey Webster who's just an incredibly polished, thoughtful, and talented young woman
3: well we're going to enjoy this for about a month and then we're going to come back to the drawing board and kind of figure out where we're going to put some of our pieces we've got some talented players um, you know we're, we're still always looking for more players, but uh, we'll put it back and um, and we'll see in terms of everybody stays in their same positions. If we move some people around, uh, we've got some players that are capable of playing a few different positions. So we'll look at that. And ultimately we've got to find out where we're going to get the ball control and where we're going to be able to get solidified. And that's uh, obviously a concern for us, but we've got some players that are capable of doing that. And we'll have a whole year to uh, develop them in our gym.
4: Hey, Jarrett, when Cat Bell sat in your office when she signed, when she was in high school, she said, I'm going to win the national championship for you. What has that player meant to your program, especially after the ACL tear the prior October, uh, for her to be able to come back and do what she did, what, what does she mean to this program?
3: She's just an amazing young woman. I mean, she brings so much energy to this this to our staff and to our team. Uh, she's one that works her she works really really hard. When I mean, she came back in six months from that ACL tear, uh, the night that she tore that ACL, she said, "Don't worry, guys. You guys are still going to win. I'm going to be the best." Um, Super fan on the bench all year long cheering you on. So she's a team player. She works hard. She's learning how to play this game. And uh, when she gets in the zone and gets really competitive, you know she is a very, very good player to have on her side of the net.
0: I like that you're going to enjoy it for a month. It seems like Sully enjoyed it for just a couple of days, though.
3: (laughs) Sully's right here. I got Sully and Salima. What's
0: up? What's up, guys? Ah, I, I love the picture of Salima... Away oh, over the top of Sully. Sully hanging on, lower back straight. Salima all the way I, up. Jumped 13 inches. Highest she's ever gone. I'm
4: telling you, and I don't know because all three are good friends, but I'm telling you, man, I got emotional watching it. And I rewound it 15 times. When my wife got home, I showed it to her. It was just the fun, the greatest celebration. It was so real and genuine. Jarrett's arms go up. Selima. I don't know what she's doing. She's off in her own little world <laughs> doing the double. And, and, and Esau just, like, throws his clipboard and looks at Jarrett with his open arms like, what's up, dude? We just did it. I mean, it was... Really <laughs> incredible for, uh, for for that staff. I mean, you guys truly did a, a phenomenal job. You guys should be so proud of yourselves. And, you know, I, I'd imagine, Jarrett, uh, it's been overwhelming in terms of people reaching out to you and the text messages, and I'm sure for Eric and and, and Salima as well.
8: Yeah, it's been awesome. Every, I mean, obviously your phone blows up at the end of that deal. Don't discredit our team's dog pile, too. I don't know if you saw that, but it was like a flat pancake.
7: <laughs> Everybody just laid on the ground.
8: <laughs>
4: Esau, I think what you and I won in uh, in Colombia, like we like kind of like jumped on each other and beat the crap out of each other. The girls kind of like laid down first and then came together.
8: It's <laughs> a good call. I remember running around the gym with the flag right after that. <laughs>
4: Esau, what was it like for you? I mean, you've won national championships as a player. You've been in the Olympics. Uh, you know, Salim, I want to get your take too. You won a national championship. What was it like, guys, being on the staff for for this Texas team? I mean, I know Salim, you were at Penn State. Uh, but but what was it like for this team and, and for you guys on, on a personal level? E, I'll start with you.
8: Yeah, it's so cool. Obviously, the challenges are much different as a coach. And I think I've talked to you guys before about it being a little more stressful as a coach than as a player. You don't have the physical activity to kind of work through some of the nerves. It just sticks with you the whole time. And then, I don't know, I, I remember Sealy talking about it. Well, he's been sending some stuff out to UCLA Alamo just about how hard it is to win and to cherish those things as a player. I mean, as you know, when you go to UCLA, you're expected to do those things, and we won a couple, and it's almost like we just did what we were supposed to do. But being on the coaching side of it, see how much work goes into it and how hard we worked, how hard we ground for three or four weeks, it's just such a cool feeling. And then obviously for Jarrett, I don't know, it's such a cool deal to be a part of that for him and to shut all the people up that said he couldn't win the big one.
4: Oh, boy, did I love that part, too, Sully. All right, Salima, what about you? What was it like for you?
7: Yeah, you know, I, very similar to what Sully says. It's, it was awesome, mostly for Jared and the girls, um, you know, because I, I know how hard it is to get here, too. And I've been, you know, on teams that couldn't make it there, got there, knocking at the door, um, took Russ a long time to get there. And, you know, what Jared has done here in just his 11 whatever short years, turning this program around and getting back back there over and over again is, is a, incredible, you know, and, and for people to say that he's been a failure, you know, because he doesn't want it made, made me sick, quite honestly, and so to be able to, to win it and, and to have him be able to celebrate and enjoy it with, with his friends, all of his best buddies, you know, showing up in the town was just amazing, and, and it was just so much fun. I was I was fired up. <laughs>
4: always said guys the critics of people in sports who say they can't win the big one have never actually laced them up or have ever coached or played because if you have you know how hard it is to win and you respect that process and that journey and and, and the critics uh, are all silenced because they've never done it anyway and that's how i've
7: always right
4: you know i i wanted to ask you guys was there a moment for you guys where you thought as a staff and any one of you can answer this God, we might have the team to do this. I mean, we don't get to see you guys every day. I mean, Kelly saw you at some point, so did Barney, so did I. But for me, it was when you guys played SC, you looked like a national championship team. What was it like for you guys? Like, was there a moment where you thought as a staff, man, we 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 just might be able to do this?
7: Yeah, you know, for me, there's been a couple times throughout the season where I've been really surprised at our, I don't know, resolve, I would say. it's It's been a team that's been super mature and and reacting in the right ways when we were down and coming back on games we were down. Um, So there were a few times for me throughout the year I was like, man, if this team, as far as their their focus and and their mental ability to, to handle situations like this, shows up at the right time and peaks at the right time, we absolutely, because I knew physically we could do it. And it was just amazing for me to see a team that, that could be so focused and, and prepared. So I don't, I don't know. It was a couple of different times during the year for me.
4: You know, Jared, you guys have been through some ups and, uh, uh, ups and downs on and off the court, whether it's in a personal life or whether it's injuries, and, and and every program goes through that. But one thing I've always said about Texas from spending time with you guys, it really is that family atmosphere. And, and I really felt, and I know you said this in your post-game speech, that you felt it for the players that had come before uh, you know, whether it's Destiny and Engel and these guys that made it there and Cokers and all these and all these women, uh, did you feel like they were a part of it? Because I thought that was a, a, a really cool thing that you guys had talked about.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I've made sure that we've kind of got out and touched base with a lot of them. We're going to do something here. I think we're going to make shirts and send it out to all of our alumni and let them know how much they're appreciated. And uh, they were a part of it. They were the ones that built the foundation. And they had a great shot to win, arguably one of the best teams of all time. And we, didn't, we were two points off in 2009. And you know, unfortunately, they had to play against a, a very good Penn State team that year, and the players that were coming through college that time was was very elite. But um, I want to make sure that everybody that has been a part of it or touched this program has, uh, you know, enjoys this and understands that they were a part of it, and that all these players came because of what they were able to do.
4: All right, Jarrett, uh, Jeremy Roche and I picked Texas to win the championship last week. Of course, Barney picked Oregon to beat you in the championship match. I know you had a question for Jeremy, I think, on a text message. Did you want to know what the intro song was?
3: Yeah, I don't know what that thing was. I'm not celebrating with that song, that's for sure.
4: <laughs> he's oh, he's oh, he's coming after Jay Roche, who picked you to win the title.
3: <laughs> Look, yeah, what should be the song, song for you? Uh that's a good question. I don't know. Um I don't know. We're gonna treat it like the Stanley Cup. We're taking we're going on, I'm taking my staff out from we're we're quitting work today and we're gonna to go out and celebrate with Miss Natty right now. Hey, did you do the Jerry Shuffle for the squad? Say yes. Uh, no. Come on. I, I wrote a, I wrote a bowl instead at the uh country bar we went to. Oh, wow.
4: wow, How how'd that go in, 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 in your athleticism? Yeah, how you could have paralysis
0: after
3: <laughs> I was actually pretty good. I went for a minute. It's my strong abs, Geeter. <laughs> oh, and there's we did have a good question for one
4: of our one of our listeners. You know, we we called Mount Rushmore after we won his fourth. That there was the Mount Rushmore of coaching. How many more titles do you need to have to get on Mount Rushmore?
2: <coughs> I'm on it. <laughs> I'm not,
3: I mean, who knows? i I'm, I'm gonna t- enjoy this one. I'm not even gonna think about other ones for at least a month and. Uh, spend some time with my family and the staff, and then go take a little vacation. Uh, right on. I think I speak on behalf right of on.
4: Uh, Kevin and Kelly. who have spent a lot of time in Texas with you guys. Thanks for always letting us feel a part of the family, and thanks for letting me deliver those speeches. They always mean a lot to me, and uh, it, you guys made us all feel a part of it, so thank you. Congrats.
3: We love Peter, and thanks. You. you. We finally got you through to the
0: natty.
4: Oh, my God, I didn't think I could win the big one. I was starting to get heckled. Hey.
0: <laughs> you beat both, guys. <laughs>
4: soul was going to cut me if you guys would win
3: that thing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Enjoy,
0: enjoy your time. Gonna, like,
3: we got to like, a little gift like, in a while, Geeter. It's going to take a little bit of time to make, but you're part of it.
4: Hey, man. I love it. I appreciate it. Uh, you are the best. And uh, and all your friends who went out there, Donnie Killian, Slick Daddy, all those guys said it was a lot of fun. So, thanks for us all feeling part of it. And congratulations to Texas Longhorns. Jeremy playing some music on the way out. Let's give him that same song. <laughs>
0: Lima, See you guys, goal. nice job! Yeah, thank you. There's that song. How about those guys, man? They're so uh, amazing. I'm telling you, you could not. put together a better staff. No, that. I'm that's telling better.
4: you right now, and that's the thing. I mean, all those guys could be great head coaches anywhere, but they stay there to create something great. And I meant it. When you go there, they make you feel a part of it. That's yep. how they are. I mean, kids that go to that school, you're a part of something bigger than you. And that was my message to those girls. I mean, you have a chance to win a national championship every single year. That's so rare. It is so rare, and it really is such a special place. And I love how they got each other's backs, man. That That's the best part.
5: I think what Jared does so well is that he realizes he has to better them as women, not just as players. It's not about winning national championships. Yes, that's important, but he gets the big picture, and I think a lot of coaches miss out on that, and he really fosters that belief every day.
0: Yep. Yeah, they are taking – I think we said this about him a couple of weeks ago, that they are taking women – through an important part of their lives. And it was Mark Rosen who said that, that mm-hmm. that's their real job. Yeah. Whatever matches they win, they win. But really the, the important job is to yep. take these women from 18 years old to 22 years old and introduce them to adulthood and how you should behave, how you should be a part of a program. And that translates when they're done, whether they play professionally or not, that atmosphere, whatever has been cultivated in that program translates to Whatever their real job is after that, and however they deal with their coworkers.
4: And I think when you look at that staff, too, it's like, you know, Salim is such a great role model for those women oh because of what yeah. she's been able to do in her life. And she just she's got such a great, smooth style about her. And, and she's she's she a does. sounding board. And then there's Jared who's that big brother father figure type. If you're a guy, I mean, I have two daughters and I would love for them to go play for a guy like Jared. Mm-hmm. And then you have Esau, who's just such a good dude. And he's been there. I mean, the guy's won titles. Mm-hmm. He's been to the Olympics. And he's professional, and he's good, and you see him in those huddles, and you see all eyes on him when he's down there talking about the defense. And that is just rare to have that camaraderie amongst the staff. And I said it – when we were joking with Esau when he took the, the intro after I gave yeah. it to Jared, and then he got off the phone. But honestly, I learned a lot from him. Play, you know, we played on club teams together after college we went to Columbia together the guy made me way better number one he passed money honestly I was never better because I never had to move because if I moved I was dead mediocre <laughs> but but he also the way he prepared for games I the like way how... he prepared for matches and that's that UCLA way that I thought that I think he had that he taught me that it was about winning and how you get there winning. and I just think that those guys have the perfect storm going right now yeah. that's why I think they're going to win a lot of titles I they're agree. not just going to win one
0: I like how you compared your win in Columbia to the national championship that was one yeah, of my favorite awesome. parts of the first part of the interview
4: well for me you guys <laughs> got to realize it was because I never won a national championship at the college level. I wanted Team Paul Mitchell. I mean, those are fun, but they're not college national championships. Who are we kidding? But the, but the thing for Columbia was special to me because I played with the guys that I grew up with in college and I started. You know, I, I sat behind Unger for years. So for me, I got to set uh, the whole time. So it, it, for me, that's, that's the biggest gold medal I'm ever going to win.
0: And you said in that early part of that they could be head coaches, and I, that question. Oh my God! I yeah, saved, I, I let that one roll because I'm with Jarrett on take a month off because too often we talk to people at yeah. championships and they're oh the next year the next year no no it's enjoy today you focus on tomorrow another day but those two Salima and Eric if Jarrett's going to keep them on his staff he's going to have to fend off or they're going to have to make the decision yeah. to forego an opportunity. Add another program because they're going to be hot commodities. Yeah,
5: well, but I think yeah. the thing for those two is they're such family. The, all three of them are yeah. such family people, and
7: Austin and is such awesome. a great
5: place to raise yeah. kids. They're happy, they have nice lifestyles, yeah. they're very well balanced. You don't find that in very many other places. So you're willing really to give up that head coach job so that you can have a good life.
4: They'll leave when the time is right, and yeah. that right position comes around for them. But they do fun things. I mean, they I over the lake, they do year. things as a staff. They go on trips. You know what I mean? Like, they do fun stuff, and it's not just about volleyball. And they have great, you know, Nathan's on the staff, Mm -hmm. and and Brian, those guys, you know, people don't know a lot about them. They do a lot of dirty work. They do a lot of the stuff, you know, behind the scenes. I mean, everyone buys in, and that's what it's about, being a part of a championship team. Why do people always go back to the Patriots, Belichick's guys? Because they loved it there, Mm -hmm. because he makes you feel like you're a big part of it.
0: And I I, I hope, because they only lose one player, I hope that that staff sticks together, and that team sticks together, and we'll see who... Preseason number one is next year. Let's get to our Good guys stuff right there. for uh, College Volleyball Week. We have them both there. They've been patiently waiting because we had Jared Elliott a little Is that bit Rosenthal late. and Sandy For the final time this year, oh, wow. the NetLive will last work one. in conjunction with the AVCA. Of course, it'll happen again in a couple of weeks for the men. But right now, it's wrapping up the women. We have our two guys that have been keeping us abreast of all the college action throughout the last few months. It's Mike Sondheimer and Brandon Rosenthal. guys. Welcome into the show once again, as we just finished up celebrating Texas. Mike, I, I did not see you, your impression of the semis and the finals.
9: Well, I think maybe Giede or Skeeter may be happier than Jarrett, but give Texas a lot of credit to come back from 2-1 down against Michigan and then to win that comeback in the second game against Oregon. I mean, Jarrett and his staff is great, and they deserve the title. And the thing that I think you have to wonder the most about the NCAAs is if the referee had made the right call in game two for Oregon and Penn State and Penn State had won set two, what would have happened since Penn State's been kind of the kryptonite for Texas and maybe we'll have to wait to two thousand and 13 to see that championship match. It would been, it would I honestly think
4: it would have been three 14. straight. I think Texas would have won 14. three straight. I think they were that good, and uh, and I don't think it would have mattered, to be honest with you.
9: Yeah. You're probably right. I mean, Texas was that good. I mean, I thought Texas was absolutely you know, playing at the top of their game. They got the best pair of outside hitters in the country, no question about it. And I think they have the best coaching staff in the country, too.
0: Rosenthal, you were there. You got an opportunity to be in the arena for the semifinals. What about the atmosphere around this event? You've been to quite a few the past few years. How did Louisville do, and how did the fans do in support?
1: I thought Louisville did a fantastic job. I think you know the announced attendance was you know right at fourteen thousand, which is you know still a little bit short of the record mark, but what a wonderful just. Arena, the Yum Center was Louisville really rolled out the red carpet. I just, you know, I truly felt the energy in the building, and uh, you know, I thought that that's exactly what the championship or that championship weekend should be all about. And uh, props to Louisville, props to Ann Cordes and uh, her crew. I know her dad, uh, Ron Cordes, did a lot of work, kind of behind the scenes to kind of get, you know. That there, and and rightfully so. He's like the godfather, basically, and uh, it was just it was a really great event, and uh, you know those don't come around you know every year. So props to them.
0: Mike, final teams, state, Oregon, Texas and Michigan. Who do you think is coming back to the Final Four next year?
9: Well, I think it's already done deal. It'll be Texas, Penn State, Stanford, and USC, and it'll be a great championship up in Seattle.
4: God, I love how Sandy. Yes, that was such conviction. Like it is on. Nice work, Sandy. I like this. Hawaii is the
9: only other team that might be able to work their way in, um, depending on what transfer they end up getting. But they'll be they'll be real good next year. And then I think then there's a uh, five or six other good teams. But I think the first four are clearly the first four. Rosenthal, can Michigan come back? Uh,
1: yeah, they can. You know, I'll tell you this. I had a, a unique perspective. I met up with Donnie Killian on Friday night and Geeter. Uh, let me just tell you, Elliot was praising you like crazy, and I know that's probably the last thing Barnett needs to hear because your head's going to get too big, but it uh, was just going <laughs> on and on about uh, what you do for the team, and he kind of showed us some clips, and and uh, it was neat. It was uh, Killian and uh, Goose was there, and, and we were sitting there talking. It was, you know, for a, a coach, I guess I, I still consider myself as a young coach. I was hearing the perspective of what they did in the semis. I was hearing what they were trying or going to try to do in the finals. And
7: uh, you guys hit
1: nail on the head as far as the staff and and Jared, he's a class act. You know, one of the things you guys talked about with him and the recruiting, you know, I give a lot of props to Jared, a lot of uh, bigger name head coaches kind of go out every once in a while and babysit. Jared's right in the mix. Uh, You know, I've, I think I've heard him say he's in charge of recruiting. I think that that's really important, Uh, you know, especially in today's day and age where more and more parody is out there. You know, kids want to know about the head coach and uh, couldn't say enough good things about him and and what they are doing. And, you know, special congratulations to him, uh, you know, on this go-around.
4: Yeah, I think you hit a great point there. And, and, you know, for me personally – it, it, it's fun to be a part of, but that's what I love about that staff and about Jarrett. They're not a, afraid to think outside of the box. And what can we do special for these girls that, that can make us different? You know, it, it, For me, it's like, yeah, I, I, I get to go on Skype and give them speeches before games. And you know what? It's great for me. And I told the girls that. Like, I have a lot of fun doing it. But it's really about them, obviously. Right. You know? They're the ones that allow me to have that opportunity. But that's what I think is great about coaching. You can't, it's not just about the X's and O's. The combination of everything. I think Texas did a really nice job of that. And so did all four teams. I mean, you look at Michigan and Oregon, they all can make a great case. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah, for their accomplishments. I mean, what a great. I mean, every team had a story, Sandy. Every single team. And I think that's what's really cool. It
9: was uh, fun. Hey, who are we going to say now is the best coach who hasn't won a title now that Jared's got that monkey off his back?
0: Oh, man, that's a great question.
9: Ooh. I mean, it, it really is a good question. Think about it now. Who's the best coach who hasn't won a title that's out
0: there? I won a title. Does Jim Moore end up in that conversation for taking Oregon from where they were to the Final Four?
9: I'm looking for somebody that's either been there a lot or been, you know really done a lot and just hasn't won. I mean, it's really interesting now. I think that's it because it really isn't it's like Larry a clear Weiss cut Weiss person. Mary Weiss has got to be the one. That's cool. maybe, that's, yeah, maybe you're right. Or a female coach in general. No female coach has won the NCAA title. I think that's that's something that has to get corrected. Mary Weiss, you're on a yeah. great one, Coach. Yeah. You heard it here. They were praising people. I got to say that Kelly Tennant was the best studio host of anybody during the NCAA tournament by far.
0: A oh, fantastic hey, job. Oh.
4: She did a really.
9: She was great. Handle all those matches and be there with all that information and be there in one studio for that long a time is just a, a tribute to what, how far Kelly's come in the business and she deserves to be on a lot more television.
4: Yeah, there's no Sorry. question about it, Sonny. You guys did a great. Well, uh, you, uh, you know, it's the last show of the year. We really appreciate uh, the time that you guys put in to come on here. I don't know if people realize. Uh, along with, like, Jay and those kind of people that come on our show and just make it so much better. So, you know, we appreciate the, the hard work and, and the love you have for the sport. I mean, it makes – Well, the
9: pay you guys provide, especially Barnett under the table, is just still- fantastic, even though Brandon can't get that with NCA rules.
0: That's right. <laughs> for the end of the women's season, give us your preseason number ones next year.
9: Have to start with Texas, number one, and Penn State, Stanford, SC, Hawaii, Michigan, top six.
0: Oh. All right. God, he's ready. Rosenthal.
9: Yeah, I've always
1: believed that uh, the champion has to start number 1 and and they're always the champion until they they've been beaten. So I'll go with uh I'll go with Penn uh Texas Penn State. Uh you know, I think a, a upcoming team, you know, that uh I'd really like to see is is this Hawaii squad and see what they're all about uh you know, moving forward in you know, what's going to happen with them? I think you know it's interesting. This year was the year of parity, but in the end, it was the big dogs that took care of business, especially in the tournament. Uh, so, it, it's interesting. A lot of freshmen got a lot of play, you know, throughout the country. So, I think you're going to see you know a lot of the same teams in the mix next year. It should be a yeah, lot. Yeah, this fun. is a real good
9: team. Yeah, you're yep. definitely right I mean Freshmen are so important To come in now And they can contribute Right away Look at McCage And you know Molly did a great job At Texas And then you look You know Look at Penn State And their people And you look at Stanford With four freshman starters And all these other teams That just really had people You know Come along So I think that you know, There's teams that can, out there That can come and develop And keep going And there's some great coaches Out there too I think it's great To have Hugh McCutcheon Back in the college ranks now too And we'll have to see If Texas can keep Their staff together Because Salima and Eric As, as much as Austin, such a great town. They're both head coaches that you know in the making that are going to be someplace.
0: Yeah, they're going to get some offers. It's going to be a tough everyone. Jim, throughout this year, we sure have appreciated your efforts on Monday and throughout the week. A lot of great information, not just about some of the bigger teams and those that are in the Final Four, but also keeping us educated about the other conferences out there, the other teams, the other players to watch. We you've done a great job of uh, continuing to further out.
9: Well, Kevin, hopefully I'll be with you in the men's season doing stats for you and be around for the men, so I'm hoping to do that, too. Nope. Hey,
1: thanks, you guys. You know, Barnett, as I always say, pay for four, you get four.
9: <laughs> <laughs> never,
1: never, got never anything
9: less. Brandon, you're awesome. I wish you guys the best for off season and next year. Thanks, man.
0: I'm picking Lipscomb, my uh, preseason number 35. That'll be uh, my pick. All right, College Volleyball Weekly, a wrap for 2012. I, I like some of those picks. i tell you what, I, I don't think, Brandon said you always have to pick the champion, number one the next year. I don't think that's true because lots of times yeah. you have a senior related L- team. You,
4: like if it was Oregon, you would, you know, with all those no, people.
0: No, you're not going you to pick them number one. But I think with Texas, yeah, you pick them number one. Yeah. 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 But I put Stanford right behind him. I, I and think. it will be interesting to see where the sophomore slump comes in for a lot of these teams. So many times kids have brilliant freshman seasons that, because they just don't know any better. The next year, the expectations are higher, both within themselves but also outwardly. You're dealing with a lot of different school stuff. You never know what's going to happen to these young men and women when they have another year of school. They've had a summer between. There's lots of variables there that go into how they play in their second year. I can think of a lot of fabulous freshmen who by senior year were gone.
4: One thing I'm noticing in being in the club world for all these years, freshmen are making an impact from the get-go all the time. We saw it in men's hoops. In college, and now women's volleyball, I mean, freshmen can come in and deliver right away. It's not like, hey, this is a f- team with some freshmen. There's no way they can win a championship. Freshmen are, are, are a big part of it. So, I mean, the game is just going to keep getting better. I mean, yeah. the level is fantastic. The Final Four was a lot of fun to watch on TV. Women's volleyball is uh, big time right now.
0: It is big time. And let's move to our big time. Yeah, let's get the awards it, going. i got to go pick the, up my daughter. Let's 15. get the Netties going. So this is our our, what? Fourth annual, fourth annual Netties. Nettie Award. I can't believe our show's been going on this long. Now our show's been going on for a long time. It'll be four years in January. So our fourth annual Netty Award winners. First category: most influential volleyball event. To cheat off Jeremy's answers. Most influential <laughs> volleyball event of 2012. Yeah, I'll start us off. Mm-hmm. I went with the London Olympics. Yeah, I, I think it's obvious. Uh, the continued success of women's and men's programming in beach and indoor is making the United States a juggernaut in the world of volleyball. I think it's us in Brazil and everybody else. Jeremy? Maybe Russia creeping into some of that, but not on the beach side.
6: It has to be the Olympics because there was no bigger event for volleyball in the world last year. Um, we may not have won as many medals as everybody would have thought, but we're
0: all still good. That's my answer. We're still okay. Yeah, we're still, yeah, we're still okay. Good. I agree.
5: I I think the coolest thing for me was to see all these young girls um, around L.A. loving volleyball so much more. They Mm, knew who the players are. It's becoming so much more visible, and they understand the sport. They want to be a part of it. They realize that there's so many opportunities because of it, and the Olympics just brought that to light this year. I thought it was great. Ah, It's
4: tough to agree with you guys on everything, because that makes for bad radio, but let's be honest. I mean, in 2012, it's the Olympics, and it's because... For the first time in a long time, every four years, you have it on the world stage where everyone's watching and Bob Costas is talking about it, and the girls or the guys are sitting with Matt Lauer or they're with Dan Patrick, Al Michaels. I mean, it really is one of the most viewed sports in the world for that three-week period, and it is great for volleyball. to get to see how well-educated these players are, uh, how how great they are in the community, um, how great they are on TV, uh, it, it's it's the best representation we can ever have. Unfortunately, it's once every four years, but I thought in London they did it as well as they've ever done it. So for me, the London Olympics as well.
0: All right, London Olympics, the consensus winner of most influential event of 2012. Next category, Team USA Player of the Year. Now we have four of these because mm-hmm. we have men's and women's indoor and beach.
9: Okay.
0: We'll start with women's. Let's start with women's indoor and beach. Kelly, start us off.
7: Yeah.
0: Oh, no. Jeremy, start us off. Uh,
6: sorry, Chris. I have to get really close to you. Uh, for the men's beach. Men's beach. Jake Gibb.
0: Jake Gibb, okay.
6: May not have done as well in the Olympics as everybody's expected them to, but that guy had a uh, fairly difficult year last year, cancer, but then making the Olympics for the second time, he is my, uh, my team, you say, men's beach player of the year. Let me to keep going. Or you? Yeah, go
0: me? indoor. Beach and indoor.
6: Well, women's beach. I can't separate the two. No, no just
0: do men's. I will fight you. Come
6: on. Um, I thought about putting Reed in there because Reed had some injuries, lost his starting job right before the Olympics.
0: And it's always good to praise the ball. And
6: he's on the show, and he pays my check, which is zero dollars, but I still it's still a check. Um, but I went with Matt Anderson.
0: Anderson.
4: Yep.
6: Best player on the team. I think.
4: Chris. I, yeah, I think You always think, amaze me when you, you come through like this. What's I think Clay
0: Stanley, Clay Stanley might be the best player on the team.
4: I'm not sure. But. For me on the beach, it's the same one. It's it's Jake Gibb when I looked at the four guys. I, you know, For those of you guys that don't know the story, Jake has been on this show. Jake battled cancer, had his first kid, and Jake was really the guy when they were behind the eight ball chasing Furbringer and Lucena. He got served the majority of the balls, and no matter who you talk to, and you can talk to every beach person, Jake had the best year of his life,
0: And he's looking even for a new better
4: partner, than again. his MVP year in 2005, and you got to give him props for that.
0: And he's looked for a new partner after both of those seasons, unfortunately.
6: And the year before, Jake and Rosie weren't playing well, and everybody's like, oh, they're done. Yeah.
0: True.
4: So, True. Good point. So, Jake Gibb is my beach player of the year. Um, on, on the men's indoor, I'm going to go with Reed Pretty. Pretty? Well, yeah, good. I'm going to go with Reed because – Number one, he's the boss of this show. No, because, you know, that team had their backs up against the wall and and a lot of pressure on them in terms of uh, were they going to qualify. And I think it took great leadership for them to be able to handle that pressure, and I think that comes from Reed. Uh, Even though they did not get to the medal round like everyone wanted them to, I think Reed's done a phenomenal job of being the face of the men's indoor team for a long time. And I think he's a big part of that team winning the gold and where they are now. As are you, Barney, the guys who played before him. It's like Jared said, the people who who didn't win that medal were a part of that program. Reed's been there now all the way through 2004, 2008, 2012, and here he is still doing it. So for me, it's Reed.
5: I agree about Jake. I think he's just inspiring, and I agree with everything you said about him. It's amazing to watch someone come back from such hard times and just shine like he does. Um, And I agree with Matt Anderson as well. I think for someone so young to kind of step into that position, I didn't get to see a lot of the Olympics, but I did see a couple of the men's games and the way he just rose above. And he was just this, he was this flying God of volleyball. He finally became
4: the guy that I think Barney always wanted him to be too. I mean, he, you know, he's had a lot of lumps along the way and he, he, he he, he delivered.
5: Yeah. He stepped up. It was huge. It was so fun to watch him too. All
0: right. Beach for me. Uh, I I didn't pick Jay Gibb. I, I, I agree with everything you guys mm-hmm. said. And these are always tough awards yeah. to pick. It's always tough to narrow it down to one or two people or one or two items uh, for an entire year worth of, of people. But um, I picked Hyde and Scott as a combination because they played so well domestically. I still wonder what they could do internationally. But they, play, they dominated the, inter, yeah. the domestic scene so much that I wonder, I wonder what they can do. So I picked Hyde and Scott. Um, and then Indoor. Indoor. Van Anderson, for all the reasons you guys said, and, and as a rookie going to the Olympics, with a kid who had so much expectations placed on him, I think internally, uh, also from some folks in volleyball going, this kid really has the potential to be great. I thought he stepped onto the Olympic stage, and he was great. Uh, I thought he got hot, tired down the stretch. Sure. I thought they could have used him uh, better and and perhaps gotten a little better performance from him out of the the end of the Olympic Games. But... I was really pleased as a fan and really happy for Matt, the way that he played at the end, uh, or pardon me, through those Olympics. He just had a, a fantastic, fantastic rookie Olympic campaign. I look forward to his sophomore Olympic campaign in four years. I think he's, he's going to ride the next few years if he continues to progress out of that tournament through his professional seasons and stays healthy. This kid's going to be one of the best outside hitters in the world yep, for a long time. No doubt. So Matt Anderson. All right, next category. We're all doing it with these phones. They keep shutting off. i got to keep turning it back on. Beach. Okay, Beach. Well, we have women's indoor and women's beach. So women's beach, I again had to pick a pair. Misty and Carrie. I don't know how to separate them. <laughs> I know. It's really hard. <laughs> uh, three gold medals mm-hmm. in three tries. Undefeated. Uh, Drop what, one set? No. Through the entirety of three Olympic three Games. Three Olympic Games. Coming back from torn Achilles, childbirth, only playing together for the last year and a half. Misty and Carey, unbelievable what they have accomplished in the sport. You couldn't possibly give them enough awards or say enough about them uh, and and their success, whether it's the win streak, the gold medals, the way that they have crossed over and become the name of volleyball and displaced some people from 20 years ago. Uh, If you ask people if they know a beach volleyball player or a volleyball player in general, Misty and Carey come up. Still not enough, but... Thank you, Misty and Kerry, for uh-huh. making yourselves the answer to that question so often. Uh, my indoor player, I had a hard time with this one because, yeah, it's a tough one because the teams are so good. The team was so good, and there, there are so many good players on there. Um, from the hookers on the outside who developed into a fantastic attacker, Jordan Larson who passed herself back onto the floor uh, on a regular basis and stayed there. Uh, the middles, Peluca Akinrodow and what she has done. Krista Harmato, who stepped up and made the Olympic yep. team. I just I think there's some real talent there. Uh, I went with last year's pick, Lindsey Berg.
9: Hmm.
0: We talked about glue. We have talked about uh, people being important who don't get enough press. We've given Lindsey Berg a, a decent amount of run on this show. I think Lindsey Berg and her role at setter distributing the ball and what she was able to do with her mentality. Not necessarily with her physicalities, knee issues, and everything else. I I like what Lindsey Berg brings to that team and the mentality of that team, the way she distributes the ball, and the way she competes. Lindsey Berg, my pick, second year in a row. Uh,
5: my beach pick. I think this comes from twelve-year-old Kelly. Yeah. Um, I remember, <laughs> Who looks up to
0: father figures? Yeah,
5: <laughs> I remember meeting Misty when I was twelve, and I was yeah. just new to volleyball, and I was just so in awe. I still mm-hmm. didn't really know that much about her, and I just thought she was incredible. And I've obviously watched her over the years and develop, and and seeing her this last year, come back from the Achilles,
7: yeah.
5: you watch her on the court, and there's I love. Um, Carrie so much but there's something about Misty when she digs down deep and you can see her just get mm-hmm. to that next level no. and there's no one that I've ever seen do that and she's just so incredible and what she does for this sport I mean it's amazing she's just incredible um, and I think for indoor Destiny Hooker mm-hmm. I think in terms of what she's already done and her potential and the way she is bringing so much so many eyes to the sport think people focus on her her athleticism. It's just a new level that you don't really see anywhere yeah. else. Um and I think that she's just gonna bring so much more attention to volleyball.
4: I love what you said about uh about Destiny. She's an absolute game changer. Uh she was kind of my one B. I had them basically tied, but I'm gonna go with Lindsey Burr just because uh her, her leadership and, and her ability to, to uh to be the glue of that team and, and to bring them, you know, a couple sets away from from a gold medal uh for what she does off the court. Uh, as well. So I, I, I think Lindsey Berg in her final days as a, as a women's national team member kind of deserves the award for me.
0: Maybe not done. Maybe not. Done. To known, right? oh, in Turkey in just a few weeks, maybe not done. Just saw our convention. Keep going.
4: Uh, I
0: can't separate. I love what you said about Misty
4: and I can make a case for, for, for both of them. You know, Carrie having the, the two boys and coming back as a mom. I, just, I can't separate them this time because I just think uh, I, I'm with Kevin. Thanks for everything you guys have done for this game, and to be a small part of it watching or, or announcing it has been uh, incredible for a lot of us. So what they were able to do, I watched it from my TV. I, I wasn't at the Olympics, didn't announce it, had nothing to do with it, just watched it, and it was really a joy to watch how they got better as that tournament went along. I thought that was the most amazing thing, that as the pressure mounted and the stage got bigger, they got better. I
6: thought that Good was point. incredible.
9: Yeah. Good point.
6: Well, obviously mine's Kerry and Misty as well for everything you guys have said. Um, It's hard for me to separate them. Kelly, you had a different experience because you met Misty when you were five. But uh, hard to separate them as a team because I think they would both be as good with other partners, just not as good as they were together. Um, I think that's been proven. Yeah. Um, So I think you can just cut the trophy down the middle and mail it to each one of them, Kevin.
0: Maybe we can make two. Yeah. Modern day pretty easy.
6: Um, and for indoor, I like everything you guys said about Lindsey Berg. I think that uh, she would be well-deserving of the netty. But for me, I went with Destiny Hooker. And only some of it based on how good I think she's going to be in the future because I think she's going to change the way women play indoor volleyball, if she's not already. Um, and also just how good she is right now. And as raw as she still is in some levels, I just she's a phenomenal athlete and she's just going to change the game.
0: All right, Jeremy, stay there for headline of the year.
6: I had to think on this one for a little while, but the one that kept coming back to me was Karch being named the head coach of the women's indoor team. Oh, I like that call. Um, I don't think it was – like looking back on it now, you're like, yeah, that's an obvious choice. But I think when we were discussing it, when the names were being thrown out there, it wasn't obvious at the time. You're like, yeah, that would make sense. But we weren't like, oh, for sure it's Karch. So I think that's – I think it's a big deal. I think all the women in the gym who are in the gym now, who were in the gym before, all – Thought it was a great choice. Um, I, I think this could be a big deal. Karch, I
4: agree. That was mine.
5: I think Carrie and Misty winning. I think it was. I mean, it was incredible to watch, and it just brought so much more focus to volleyball again. And I, as we grow the sport, and we want to see strong women representing everything that we believe in, I yeah. think those two just are the epitome of that.
0: That's exactly what I had. Misty and Carrie winning again, three gold medals, three times, hugely celebrated on NBC prime time every night, the darlings of uh, a much wider media audience than this show, the Pac-12 network, ESPNU, whatever, where volleyball normally resides, Mm -hmm. uh, pushing volleyball into the mainstream audience. Misty and Kerry win again. All right, biggest disappointment of 2012 for me sets two through four of the women's gold medal match. I just They're the best team in that tournament. They are the best team in that tournament. They win that tournament. If you play it ten times, I think they win it eight, maybe nine. I think Brazil caught lightning in a bottle. I think the United States, after blowing them out 25-11 in the first set, uh, something changed about their approach to that match that was different than the scrappers, fighters that they had been through the entire four years, even when it was tough. They would scrap and fight and come out on top and continue to play their level two through four, they were a different team. We saw looks from Huma Cutchin and the other players in that team that I have not seen in four years. So for me, that was the biggest disappointment, was to have that happen for that team at that moment because I thought they were the best team, and they should have won. I agree. No disappointment on having a silver medal. Let's be clear about that. Uh, That was a big one for me, but I will go uh, a
4: a different route. The men not making... The medal rounds in Beach, Jake and Rosie, I thought for sure. Phil and Todd, I thought for sure. So that was a disappointment for me. I had to put a lot of thought into this. At first, I thought it was Gibb and Rosie not
6: making the medal round because I thought they went at the Olympics as the best men's team for us and it just didn't happen for them. But it's hard in the Olympics. My second one was the women not winning the gold medal, possibly. But they made the gold medal match, and they just had a bad match. But yes, it's probably the most disappointing thing to them, but it's the most disappointing thing in Beach Volleyball. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But I get to uh, the men's indoor team not making it to the medal rounds. I think they uh, were full of potential, and it was a missed opportunity. That was my biggest disappointment. Okay, men's indoor.
0: Next up was uh, issue, oh, no, pardon me, biggest surprise of 2012.
4: Uh, For me, it's Jen and April, uh, what they were able to accomplish, beating the Brazilians and getting to that gold medal match. I was really proud of that team, known them both for a long time. And if you know them, you know about their chemistry and what a great team they are. Uh, they had to overcome a lot. And for them to get there, I think, was special.
5: I agree. I thought that was so special. And to see those four women in particular, again, I feel like I keep repeating myself, but as a woman myself in the sport, this is so important to me. This is why so, we have you here. I know, right? To have such strong women representing everything about this culture and overcoming so many different things and competing at such a high level and just being classy people. Yep. I think that it was just so great to watch them do what they did.
6: Are we at, we're at biggest surprise right now? Sorry. Biggest surprise. Um, because I'm a beach guy, mine was the A B P having events this past season. Nice. Nobody expected that, especially when the new ownership started in April when other tours had already started. The fact that they were able to get two legit events up that quickly is was a definitely a big surprise I for me.
0: I sat with Donaldson at convention, rather interesting conversation. Uh, My biggest surprise was matches one through five of the men's Olympic tournament for our USA men. They had not performed to that level for the previous four years. All of a sudden, they show up at the Olympic Games, and they look like they're going to do it. They look like they're going to make it through. And so one through five, matches one through five were a big one for me. Uh, Okay, issue that will be most influential in 2013. I have the beach shakeout. I think who's left in the game I the
4: exact same thing. <laughs> as a
0: promoter at the end of this summer yeah. is going to be the most interesting thing to watch because we have it from Steve Lindecki on Friday, no wide open tour, not happening. Yeah. IMG, I think, is in or out after this year. NVL, I don't see how they make it in or out after this year. USAV, will they still be there? Will they still have Cuervo? Will IMG completely leave? What does that do to that tour? Does the FIVB start coming into the United States? This year, I think that that may be on the schedule already. Uh, I think Beach Shakeout 2013 will be important. Um, I had
6: I had some runners up because I put a lot of thought into this. New FIVB president, mm. the beach tours, how many they're going to be? Are they going to last? Blah 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 blah. Um, but I think the men's indoor coach announcement will be a big issue, our big influential thing. Maybe not as much down the road for sure. Um, but definitely next year.
8: Okay.
5: I think I think I'm with you, Kevin. In terms of what happens with Beach, it's it's done so well and we've seen what it can do in the Olympics and people love it so much, but where does it go from here? I think you're exactly right. I'm with you on that one.
0: All right, Geter's on the beach now. Let's get to the next one. I know Geter, you gotta go, but volleyball person of the year. Jared Elliott.
5: Jared Elliott.
4: Winning his first national championship. Yeah,
5: huge. J. Ro. Yep,
4: uh, I had nothing,
6: but I agree with Kevin and Kelly. <laughs> I <laughs> had the. Peter th- and Kelly? Yeah, yeah. Peter. Because I had to think about that.
0: I didn't know like.
6: Because who did the most for the sport? Yeah. Like it was, it was a tough one, but I agree with you guys.
0: I had a different answer. Jeremy. And it might be controversial.
5: Oh no. <laughs> you.
0: Doug Veal. Right after Kevin Barnett. No, Doug Veal. And, and and this is why. Yeah, Peter. Thanks for that. No, and this is why. Uh because USA Volleyball this year produced another set of competitive Olympic teams on the indoor side. That's their main focus, right? They've stepped more into beach. But they produced, again, two very good teams. I thought the best women's team and a team in the, in the men's team that almost did it. They almost pulled it out. They also bought a building. They have expanded their budget I think almost tenfold since 1998. And I think Doug Beal has been a huge part of that happening since he took over the CEO position following the 2004 Olympic games. I think Doug has put himself in a a very important spot as the CEO. I think he's done a great job of growing that organization, improving that organization, a much maligned organization and rightfully so both from the indoor and beach side, much maligned for a lot of different things over the years. I think that organization is headed the right direction. I think he's a big part of that. Love him or hate him, that organization fiscally is healthy in what has been a tough environment, and they are producing teams.
4: i got a roll, so I'm going to give you my fifth man, and then you guys can keep going? Yes. So that was well put, Kevin. And it might have got you a job, too.
0: Um, fifth man, Jeremy and I were discussing this. In that case, I should have named a television executive.
4: Uh, Jeremy and I were discussing this uh, off-camera, as we say in the business. Uh, you know, the Sandy and Rosenthal are such a part of it and and it's hard to separate those guys and what they do for the show. I'm going to go with Jay Hosick on this one um uh, because Jay I think goes all year round, you know, he gives us the men's perspective, he's got a women's perspective, he's in the chat room, and he also comes in and hosts when he's in town, and he also has a beach perspective uh that I like as well. So kind of I kind of picked a guy that's, you know, not on the show all the time but a big part of it and, and for me that that's jay it's tough to go against brandon and sandy what they do on a weekly basis but for jay i think it's all year round so i'm going to go with him this time i think he, he's earned it this year
0: i think brandon is our reigning fifth man award winner uh sandy sandy definitely um definitely was a a consideration for me and what he's brought to college ball weekly his willingness to take a stand take and and support an opinion love that about him uh the fact he provided me stats the whole time that we were, uh, we were in London. So, Sondheimer, maybe next year. Kelly, something to strive for.
5: Yes, I'm gonna work on this. Fifth, fifth person. To come back well,
0: if it changes to fifth person of the year, yeah. if we're gonna have the, uh, the award open for Kelly. Right. Later, guys. See ya. Bye. See you, Chris. But I, I gonna go with Thanks. Jay. You going with Jay? because yeah, Jay, what's Great that? Show again. Great show Great show. Great show. Especially by you. You were awesome. I'm going to go with Jay too because I think Jay, he stepped in a variety of roles, stepped in a convention, stepped in when I was out of town for a month. Uh, he's called in every time he's in town. He says, Hey, I'm in town. I'll come up. He spends two hours on the freeway yeah. to get here from Orange County in the morning. Uh, so I've I appreciated everything Jay has done. So, fifth man, Jay Hostick. I agree.
6: Jay is the guy. I had some runners up. You have to throw Dustin Avall's name in there, Jeff Alzina, who stepped in a couple times. I think with Sandy and Rosenthal, because they're such a part of they're actually I feel like they're part of the team. Like yes, they deserve an award for being part of the team. Right, but you feel they're, like they're already here. Yeah, they're already here. So um but the winner for me was gonna be who helped out who helped me the most while you guys were in London and I was carrying the show, the best four weeks the show's ever had all year long by the way.
0: <laughs> all year long, all four years. Well,
6: obviously. Um and Jay was there almost every single week for me, even though Dustin was too. But here's what here's why Dustin didn't win this year. Because after that, did he
0: not bust his table at your house? No,
6: no. <laughs> Dustin's a great
0: guy. I love the guy.
6: He checks in by text message every once in a while, but I haven't heard much from him lately on the show. No calling in. He got a new job, so he doesn't spend as much time oh, listening to the radio. Cool. Yeah, no, it's not that he's but too he's cool. Just busy. I just
0: think, yeah, not prioritizing our show.
6: And I also think that he just thought he won it automatically because he helped me out during the Olympics. <laughs> I think like he just assumed he was going to get it.
0: You plug in the soundboard once, and you figure yeah. you're shooing. Uh,
6: but Jay, for sure, like you said, Jay comes out to California on recruiting trips and then spends two hours on the 405 to be with us for two hours, to be on the 405 for two more hours, he he definitely wins.
0: All right. Jay Hasek, fifth man of
6: the year. And Reed doesn't get a vote on that because he hasn't been on the show all year.
0: No, he doesn't even know that we do a show anymore. <laughs> Just occasionally he checks in. He's done the program. He did send us, hey, I can't find uh, last year's show. He'd have to listen to it. I actually meant yeah. to listen to our program when I was coming back from Louisville. But I was too busy sleeping because I'd been up too late through all the evenings wah, there wah. yeah it's tough it's a rough life
5: yeah it's hard to be you
0: wow just slipping right into the gator roll aren't you yeah perfect
5: yeah. I did this all year with you during all our broadcasts I was so mean to you my it's, mom would even be like you're really mean to him
0: like on air yeah, yeah
5: I would that's make fun job. of him all the time well
6: at least he feels like he's still here at the but net that, live that's, he's that's on my the job
0: that's my job if I'm the play by play guy it's not my job to talk about how awesome I was that's what this show is for you know, I got to take grief from Kelly about how I couldn't jump and I had funny hair. Yeah,
9: totally. Or
0: have funny hair in yeah. some cases when you didn't know the match was three hours earlier. And apparently there's two things you need to work
6: on, Kevin. Your high fives. High fivers, And yes. your butt grabbing. Yeah. Because neither person wow. remembered either one of those things. She didn't remember you grabbing her butt and oh. Jen Kessie has no idea you gave her oh, a high Oh, I will five. go
0: for the butt. <laughs> no, now it's too late. You you ruined it.
5: Dear yeah. Pac-12 Network. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> the case with Kelly Tennant versus the Pac Twelve Network and Kevin Barnett. <laughs> Los Angeles. California Superior Court. <laughs> it would it would help with the ratings. Uh of what? Of the Pac Twelve Network. Oh, are they gonna broadcast the trial? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well I tell you what, it's been a fun year on this program. We have struggled at times to give you a show. We have struggled at times to even uh Not get on air. We didn't have too many struggles with that this year. I think once or twice. We got kicked off
6: once by Casey Patterson when he yelled, boom. Sorry, I
0: think he did this.
6: Yeah. And then all of a sudden we were off air.
0: The show shut down. Yeah, literally
6: shut down after he did that.
0: And we had some weird intermittent sound problems, which we have not been experiencing lately. We had a little bit last week. Yeah, but it's gone away again. And it came out of nowhere.
6: Like I said. If it's not fixed by 2013, I'm not coming back. Well,
0: we're getting better equipment. We're going to upgrade it. But we want to make sure we thank the ABCA, the Spire Institute, Volleyball Magazine, uh, everyone that has supported this show throughout the year, all those that bought T-shirts. Yep. There's still thank a few you, left. Get, the, order them
6: today before Christmas. Order them before
0: Christmas. $18. $18 and shipped to your home. Uh, great gift. We sold a bunch when we were on site at convention, it's great people coming up saying they appreciated the show, wanted to buy a shirt to support the program. Uh, but thank you to everyone who bought a shirt because you're helping this program to happen every week. Uh, we have a few bucks. We can travel a little bit. We're going to upgrade our equipment. We had to pay Kelly to come in today. We had to pay Kelly, and we'll have to pay her off to keep her silent. <laughs>
7: exactly.
0: So, uh, but, but big thanks to everybody that listens and for tuning in each week and for those that have sent emails to us. I know Jeff Wasner sent in a bunch of emails, uh, other guys that have posted a whole bunch of stuff. There's five or six people that have really powered that side of things and been very active all season and, and all year. And we hope that you come for your specific thing, beach, indoor, international, college, whatever it may be. But stay because uh, we either infuriate you uh, and you're angry or you enjoy the program. And uh, we'll endeavor to continue to further the discussion of volleyball in 2013 sometimes by saying stupid things deliberately sometimes by saying stupid things because we believe them eight one four caller sure just throw them on It's the end of the year i already dropped an f-bomb how That's bad true can we'll be? find out we haven't had a prank caller in a while uh so eight 81- one i'm not even going to look up the area code eight one four are you just listening in or you really have something to say on the net lot
2: I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for the votes to be the fifth man this year. That's a very sweet gesture by you all. But I just wanted to say I don't do it for the votes. I do it because I love being with you guys, and I love being on the show. So thank you very much. That's all I wanted to say, really.
6: Jay. That's why he's the
0: fifth man. That's me. How's your butt bones feeling after the sitting followers?
2: (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. They are sore as all get out. I'm still feeling it today. Those girls, they work hard.
0: I uh, I would have to wear a pair of padded shorts like moto shorts or something to sit in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I tell you what, I could have used a pair, that's for sure. You were dominating out there though. I had a little bit of a struggle, but you were dominating out there. I was pretty good. I was pretty impressed.
0: Hey, the knees broken. Take that out of it. The arm is still good.
2: <laughs> I think and uh, isn't uh isn't Katie trying to get you to uh maybe sign up and be a part of the men's team? I think you should do it, man.
0: Yeah, Katie Holloway, trying to figure out how I'm
2: eligible for the Paralympics.
0: Can you tell me, uh,
6: besides the obvious, what's different
2: about playing on the on the floor on your butt?
0: But blocking, like I said, besides the obvious, the blocking of the serve is a huge part of the game. You can Whoa. block the serve. Oh yeah, you can indoors too. You can regular. You can. It's just you can't actually do it effectively. You could. I have, think.
2: I think for me, the diff, the main difference was. I'm not used to not being mobile, and they're so used to it, that. and what Katie was trying to teach me was when I'm not touching the ball, my hands should be on the floor ready to move, and I'm not used to doing that. I'm used to having my hands around, so I think that, for me, was the biggest one of all. I could not move very much at all.
0: But Where did you want to put your hands? They weren't on the floor because what were you trying to do with your hands?
2: Dig, you were trying to dig or play defense or do something in front of you, so it was it was like this constant shift. It was so difficult for me to move. Now, granted, it probably is because the extra thirty pounds are on my waist. So that's I'm gonna I'm gonna go past that. But it was to watch them move. It was really fluid. They were so fast to get to these spots, and there was no way I could beat that. So they they were awesome to be a part. That was so much fun. I had a good time with that. Yeah, I was kind of bummed when
0: they booted us off because they had a special
2: credit who had like. I don't know, paid or whatever, were scheduled to play against the
0: women's city team. I'm like, really? We're done? It's only. Been- I want to play some more.
2: <laughs> yeah, I wanted to keep playing, too. That would have been a good time.
0: My butt hurts and my wrists are destroyed, but I'm ready. Let's keep going.
2: <laughs> yeah, thank God I played the beach uh, a little bit earlier the day before, so I wasn't too bad off. But it was a little bit hard walking the next day, that's for sure.
0: Well, yeah, the sitting game is certainly a lot of fun, and kudos to those ladies and the men. Uh, for what they do in that game. And they, there are some mad facials. That ball is humming. and <laughs> You're not getting out
2: of the way very quickly. Obviously. Yeah, I think uh, I seem to remember Kevin having a couple that were pretty close to the face. So pass off to those girls. All right. Jay Hosick, fifth man of the year. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We'll be uh, talking to you in the next couple of weeks for the men's season. And uh, Merry Christmas to you all. Have a good holiday and, and be safe. All right.
0: Merry Christmas, Jay. See you, Jay. And See you. I hope it snows. But yeah, sitting volleyball. You should try it. It's that sounds
5: really hard. It was fun. I'm not even good at standing volleyball anymore. So.
6: <laughs> and hold on. You can block the serve
0: indoors?
5: Yeah. What's yes. heck?
0: It's in the rule book. You can block the serve. Collegiate, internationally.
5: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, but try doing it. <laughs> you you know want, I do want that to, is to now. Bailey Webster. Maybe.
5: We should call Jarrett.
0: Yeah. Jarrett, revolutionize the game. Here I want go. to try it now. Go ahead. It doesn't work. But Interesting. The sitting game, it works. It's a hu- like you serve low, you're done. And the court's small. It's it's quite small. You're um, playing sixes. You're playing sixes, but it's on about half the court. Yeah. And then I think it's deeper than the ten foot line. Like I don't know if it's another two feet, whatever the measurements of the court are, but it's pretty small. And so when you're serving, you can't just whack it, you know, real high. I tried to serve skyball a couple times, couldn't nice. get it in. But uh, you get to use all your core muscles, I would yeah, assume. Oh, the core's getting worked. And yeah, yeah. I, I need some padding. I'm bony, man. And let
6: me ask you another probably obvious question: You, who can actually walk, or are you sitting Indian style? Because I'm sure there's some people
0: sit however you want. Okay, Scoo- you can sit kind of scoot style, kind of one leg tucked under. You you don't. You're not going to sit crisscross applesauce. Not a good position to move in.
6: But you can't like sit on your knees. Like there has to be a rule because I'm sure there's on some your, people that your don't
0: butt have must be on the ground.
6: Okay. When you
0: contact the ball, your butt must be in contact with the floor.
6: Because I assume there's some that just don't have legs, period.
0: There are some with prosthetics of the legs, some with prosthetics of the arms. Yeah. Um, and, and I you know think for Paralympics, I'm not sure where the requirement is with mentality, um, with birth defects and so on, yeah. brain injuries. I'm not sure where, where the rules are with that because there's a lot of controversy with that with... Players who allegedly had whatever the requirement was back in like 2000. Gotcha. With a Spanish basketball team. And they come to find out it's just a bunch of regular basketball players. Gotcha. Uh, which is messed up. Uh, but yeah, the, I'm not sure of the exact requirements. And we were learning the rules as we were going along. Course. I heard some calls that I think, Really? <laughs> but yeah, just try and move because they were saying move first. You know, you got to move with your hands first, then get your hands up to set or to hit or whatever you're going to do. Try hitting lines, which oh. I didn't think about until we were doing. It. I'm like, Really? Hitting lines? I got to set and then I got to move. And then I got to... No doubt. Yeah, it was gnarly.
5: That sounds really, really hard to me. It was fun. Wow.
0: Sounds fun. Yeah, but digging... You, your yeah, impulse, saying, is, is, there your impulse is to and, stick your platform out. Of course. It will happen, but it, it's the reverse of standing, where you'd have maybe, what, 10% here or 5% here. Oh. It's 10 or 5% with your arms. So you're everything overhead. else, everything over gator now. and stuff, overhead, oh, yeah. Because
6: it's going to crush you in the face.
0: Because yeah. you're sitting there, yeah, and the net is only... what The height was four inches lower because it was the women's net. Basically, if you take the net from where it's at and flip it over, and then, oh, and then strap take it to the floor, the yeah, to flip bottom. it and, and go to the bottom. said it's an easy way if you want to try it. You can flip the net and do it that way. Interesting, That's cool. But yeah, it was it was wild. We had a lot of fun. I, the second time i played, I played years and years ago on the national team. I think when they first started a sitting team, the first camp that they had with their players, they brought them in. And we, a bunch of guys from the national team, played against the guys for a while. That was my only touch with it.
6: Let me ask you this. If it was a serious consideration and because of your broken knee, you were eligible, would you be interested in playing sitting volleyball?
0: I'd go play. I'd show up at the events.
6: No, no. Come, I'm, come I'm talking like
0: national team. I'm not moving to Edmond, Oklahoma. No. Yeah. I don't want to go to Oklahoma either. No, but the thing, if they practice. I think they have like training camps where they'll practice. They practice. Some of them live in Oklahoma. Some don't. They have a coach, uh, Kara, that um, commutes from Minneapolis for things and then they go to different events. I think they go to four events a year. I was thinking about this, and just skills-wise, the amount of time they're able to dedicate to it because of the finances of the whole thing and, and you got to make a living and whatever other circumstances in that team, the amount of time they're able to dedicate to it doesn't nearly approach the amount of touches a national team athlete would have or a professional player would have. Mm, no. I mean, any any one of the ex-national team players, even if you haven't played, a a Stoklos, guys, professional beach players, even if you don't play for a year or two years or three, you can step right back in and do it because professional players have hundreds of thousands yeah. of reps compared to a normal person. Even a sitting volleyball person couldn't nearly approach the number of repetitions that a national team professional athlete has had at that sport. And so it just comes right back and you can play. I go play events if I was eligible. I don't think there's any way I'm eligible but because mm. I've had that conversation with John Kessel previously. Yeah, but your knee is jacked. My knee does not work. I legitimately cannot play regular volleyball. so I choose not to because I don't want to have surgery. Again. No doubt. I think we've reached the end of the year. Cool. Cool. Kelly, thanks for coming in. Thank you. It's nice to have a different perspective. And and every time you'd say from a young woman's perspective. Well,
5: I just, it's so different.
0: Okay. Even if it was followed up with a compliment for Dieter, I still appreciated it. <laughs> thanks.
6: And trust me, Kevin says some asinine things on the show about women, so if you're around more often, you can put him in check.
5: Oh, gosh. I would love that. I'm coming all the time now.
0: <laughs> right on. Perfect. As long
5: as I can make fun of him, I will be here. That's the
0: only reason I show up. Great. i got to buy another mic. We'll put that on the Christmas list for the NetLive. Yeah, because you can't just be ice me out of every show from now on. Dear Santa <laughs> from the
6: NetLive, can we have I'm not a not sitting on Kevin's phone. lap. <laughs> ever, by the way.
0: Oh, little fat Jeremy. We little fat, yeah, fans. you don't know want little fat Jeremy sitting on your lap. It's not be a good thing. Uh, thanks to Matt Gardhoff for all the contributions throughout the year. And again, thanks to all the, the fans for tuning in, for downloading, for being a part of the show. And uh, in the new year, email us, the netlive at com. Get on our Facebook page. Like our Facebook page. Post on there questions, comments, people you want to see. We won't always get to it. I'm not making you that promise, but we will uh, endeavor to bring you discussion about the sport. So for Jeremy, for Jay, for Brandon, for Mike, uh, for Kelly, for Chris, for myself, for all of our sponsors, Volleyball Magazine, Spire Institute, AVCA, everyone who's been involved with this program, I wish you a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, or any other holiday you happen to celebrate around this time of year. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. We're going to, and we'll see you in January for yet another year. Of the net life.